myself there we go yeah good morning this morning uh, good morning to everybody happy uh, happy Tuesday people yes happy Tuesday oh happy Tuesday everybody so uh, today I decided that I would uh, just wear long pants today so, you know, I think you're just going to wear long pants today. Today's a long pants day, I thought. Today would be a long pants day. It's a long pants Tuesday, everybody. That's what I thought of today. I, I, uh, long pants Tuesday. You know, Tuesdays are for long pants, I thought. Well, it's Tuesday, so why wouldn't I wear long pants? It's Tuesday. And if you're going to enjoy Tuesday to the degree that you want to be enjoying Tuesday, uh, and Tuesday is your day, uh, to wear long pants, then you should wear long pants on a Tuesday. I thought, well, you know, it's true. My mama once said, it's Tuesday, uh, wear long pants. And so I wore long pants. And then, of course, I didn't realize, and I forgot, of course, that uh, and I might, I, might, I might go out to the truck and see if I have, uh, to the Jeep and see if I might have some shorts out there somewhere. Uh, 
I don't think my swimming suit's in there because uh, I'd wear my swimming suit because, uh, well, there's a little air in here. The air conditioning's out, but it's just kind of it's kind of slowly but surely. Uh, there's something going on here. I hear her, I feel a little bit of a breeze, but uh, generally, uh, generally there's no. There's, it's about it's about 85. What's the temperature? Let me just go see what the. I'm, I'm going to go see what the official temperature inside the. Uh, the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Uh, Matt, maybe you could just tell me what the official temperature is. Don't don't hold anything back either. I mean, I'm, it's... Uh, We're at a rip-roaring 82, bro. 82. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, 82 degrees in here, so... <laughs> Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know why I wasn't thinking, because I knew that we had a problem with, I mean, it's just been, it, it happens. We overdrive it and we just, it happens to the best of us. And plus it's been 95 for the past, you know, two weeks in a row. So they have had, uh, we have a little air conditioning issue. So, um, yeah, yesterday I was sweating my ass off, to tell you the truth, but I just was, I mean, I, I literally, there was water, like, like droplets coming. I could feel them coming down my back and. And then down my leg, and you know the water was coming up through the toilet. Yeah, because you guys know what I'm talking about. So anyway, yeah, some people are ready. It's like Vicky's ready for fall. She wants to wear her sweaters, don't you, baby? You want to wear your sweaters, and you want to cozy up, don't you? You want to have the fall little that little cozy thing. You want to hold that cup of coffee in your hand and just kind of go, ah, it's morning, and I just love this beautiful. Uh, changing of the weather and the dew, and oh, mm, I just love. There are people like that, you know. And uh, first of all, a couple problems with this changing of the season. Uh, even as uh, Hillary points out, the bugs are freaking. It's like it's like it's, it's like insect city out there now because they all just are all overconfident and having fun and you know trying to do whatever they want to do and take it over the world and, you know, but, and then also the, it's funny cause you go to, I go to all the, the kids soccer games and volleyball games and things like that. And, and Aiden's football game and then uh tennis, a little tennis the other day. But for the most part, it's funny to watch people because it's so damn hot outside, but people want it to be fall. So they decide that they're going to wake up in the morning, and even though it's 83 degrees at 7 a.m. on the weekend, and it's the middle of September, darn it, it's fall for them. It's time. I'm, I am going to wear my windbreaker today, no matter what. I'm going I'm to wear my sweater today. I'm going to wear my sweatshirt I'm going to wear my Mizzou hoodie. It doesn't matter. I'm going to wear it. And they go out there, and I watch them, and I'm sitting there in my flip-flops and my shorts and my T-shirt, and I'm still sweating, but I'm watching them all trying to will fall by wearing clothes that I know they are absolutely just friggin' hot in. But, yeah, that's kind of one of the fun parts about that. And bees everywhere, too. Lord have mercy. Anyway. Uh, lots to talk about because we've got uh, Judge Napolitano who's going to join me just a little later on. And the judge is going to talk about a couple of things. One would be 
this deal regarding uh, the hearing that we're looking forward to Monday and Tuesday. And, of course, that's the Kavanaugh hearing and the Ford hearing. And everybody's going to go before the uh, uh, be, be, before the, the Judiciary Committee. And, you know, it surprised me a little bit. Susan Collins was actually not as annoying as I thought she was going to be on the subject uh, and, and, and brought up this let's hear everybody. And I, I say we should. I think President Trump was also very, uh, very good. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I, he was uh, he was very measured about the thing. They asked him about, about the delay. And this, of course, was a trap for the president. He had to worry about the, you know, how this was going to be all come across. And so he basically said, hey, let's give it as long as it takes and let's take as long as it gives and let's have everybody talk. And if it delays the process, then let's delay the process. I mean, folks, here's the deal. This is, this is how things are going to play out. It's going to be, it's going to be, first of all, I'm glad that Kavanaugh has said, I want to go under oath. I'll do whatever you want me to do to clear my name. That's a good thing. And and I think he ought to. And now he says he wasn't even probably at this thing. And so uh, we'll see. I, I, we still don't know. It's interesting how they say that she passed a, a polygraph test, but we don't have any details of the polygraph test. Like, what did they ask? I, I, wh- why is that story so flimsy in terms of the information about it? Again, I think it's fairly clear that, I don't know, something must have happened to her or I, I don't know. Maybe she's... Brought it up because, okay, here's the thing. And I don't want to sound unsympathetic because I don't really know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. But I do wonder about, okay, so she's in this marriage counseling thing. And who knows why they were in marriage counseling and why they were in couples counseling to begin with. Uh, I don't know why they were in couples counseling. Would it be interesting to find out why they were in couples counseling? Like when I like if if I'm on the judiciary committee, aren't I asking that? So so why were you in couple? And again, everybody should be questioned the same way. Kavanaugh was supportive of, of deep questioning of Clinton and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'm I'm talking about all kinds of questioning, but I still have questions about the woman's story, and it doesn't make me sexist. It doesn't make me a rapist, uh, and it doesn't make me a person who doesn't. Uh, care about women who get groped or whatever because I do and I think it's horrible and I have three daughters and I absolutely have sympathy and concern about this kind of thing but I want to ask her some questions about all the things in the generation of this particular story uh, because keep in mind her story uh, is about to potentially ruin somebody's life and career because and, and, and the reason why it's not only gonna, about to ruin somebody's life and career, but, but the reality is that, uh, that, that once, if, if indeed something happens to Kavanaugh through this process, he has to be kicked off the appeals court. You know that, right? He has to, he has to lose his other job. You, you, you can't take, uh, prevent a man from going to the highest court in the land and then continue his employment at the second highest court in the land, can you? So the Democrats and everybody else has to realize, they have to realize that that this uh, is a serious matter. This is a matter that could well 
end the career of Brett Kavanaugh. I'm talking about end the judicial career of him. He, he will lose everything as a result of this charge if for some reason there's a determination that, that, that he was wrong, that he did something. And if there's a determination that he is unfit for the Supreme Court, the determination must be made that he's unfit for the Court of Appeals, his current job. There's, there's, there's no way, if you're unfit to be a Supreme Court justice, that you can be fit to be another justice. It doesn't work that way. So at this point, then, there needs to be questioning. And I'm talking about tough questioning. You're talking about 36 years. You're talking about a woman who has come forward all of a sudden, by the way. I don't understand uh, how this thing all happened and why this whole thing happened all of a sudden. Why Diane Feinstein held on to this information for, boy, it was probably about six weeks. So I, I don't see how why this has been delayed up until this point. Apparently her claim wasn't serious enough for them to act right away. But Democrats and everybody else, they're in a tough position now. I think Susan Collins kind of alluded to that too yesterday. So she's not being too much of a gunslinger over the thing. Because if you don't, again, if you don't have him, if he's not fit to be a Supreme Court justice, he's not fit to be a judge at all. He'll lose everything. So when you have the woman uh, at, at the... Judiciary Committee, we're going to really heavily rely on the ethics and the strength of our elected representatives to actually ask the questions. If, if Jeff Flake, because he's a pussy anyway, so if, if he's such a pussy that he won't ask her tough questions because he's afraid of being a guy who is not supportive of the Me Too movement, then we're going to, this is going to be a debacle. This is going to be, you know, the, the, the networks will all rerun the Clarence Thomas, Anita Hill stuff, and they'll make it out to be, you know, that she's being raped again. I, I, believe me, this is how it's all going to play out. So we have to have people who are going to have the guts to get up there and ask questions. You can't rely on a pussy like Flake to ask him. He won't. So we have to have somebody who's not a pussy ask the questions. And, and, and I don't know whether you can find many of those on Capitol Hill, period. Uh, but, but we might find a few uh, there as well. So you have to, uh, you know, hey, hey, Scooter, by the way, what's your real name? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to, because Scooter's been on here trolling on this uh, on this uh, Facebook page for a couple of days now and talking, but I, I'm, I'm actually getting to the point where I, I'm, I'm going to require that people who are on the Facebook page and talking to me and chiming in to be, have real names. So Scooter, why don't you tell us who you are so we can all, because you, I, I, obviously you're a supporter of transparency, right? And, and that's, that's what it's all about and get all that out there. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us who you like? What's your real name? Because I know your real name isn't Scooter Von Donneken. So who are you? And then once you once you tell us who you are, then maybe we'll figure it out. Otherwise, I'll ban you from the discussion because I'm not I'm not, not going to have you on the Facebook page just trolling and trolling questions. So most everybody who is on the page here, uh, uh, 
because is real. They have their names. They they tell us who their names are. Father Tom, Vicky, Margaret, you know, Brett Scott's on. People all have their real names. So, Scooter, tell us who you are, or I'll ban you. Basically, and and uh, I I just if you if you tell me who you are and you because we are all pe- real people here on the Radio Free Almond page, and we're all real people. Uh, on the Facebook page, and we're all expected to be real people. We don't do the whole uh, hide behind a screen name type of thing. So why don't you just go ahead and let us know who you are, and then we'll have a discussion about it. Because that, that way we know who you are, and we can determine uh, where you're from, what you, what you say. And I mean, even your profile is not even – it's all nebulous. So you know, you, you're just hiding behind a, a name. So I don't know why you would do that. When you're on a free thinking kind of operation like this uh, with Radio Free Almond. So uh, why don't you tell us who you really are so that we can all just kind of be adults here in the room. That would be that would be great. So, no, Father Tom's asking, would he really you lose his real job? What I'm saying, Father Tom, is uh, is again, his real job is, is 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 on the second highest court of the land. I, you know that, right? He's a judge. His real job is the second highest court in the land, and if and if you have a uh, if you have a uh, if you have a job, and you're accused of attempted rape, Father Tom and others, uh, and you can't be a Supreme Court justice, how can you be an appeals court justice? That that's what I'm saying. That's why that that's why this is an important situation where. We must get to the bottom of what's been going on because it does, it does, he does. You can't go back to your other job when your other job is on the second highest court in the land. It, 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 Margaret, it's not his real name, so you, you've learned something new this morning. So, but you can't, you can't uh, go back to your real job when your real job is on the second highest court in the land. So, so uh, it, 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 you have Congress must remove him from his job on the appeals court. Uh, that, that's that's what you have to do. You you can't uh, if 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 he's not good enough to be on the Supreme Court because he is an attempted rapist. How can he possibly be good enough to be on the appeals court? That's what I'm saying. That's that's why this is so crucial. All this thing is so important here. So that's why we're really, really heavily dependent on our Senate and, and our people having some balls. The, the, the Democrats aren't going to ask her tough questions. I mean, you want to hear from the Democrats? This is, this is uh, Barbara Boxer. She's being interviewed on the uh, show. Uh, and, and once she speaks through her, her, uh, her uh, plastic face, we, we can hear her talk about what the Democrats think about uh, about so let's bring in former California Democratic Senator Barbara Boxer. She's host of a podcast, Fight Back. It's called. Also, Casey Hunt, our colleague, Capitol Hill correspondent for NBC News. Uh, Barbara, Barbara, Senator, thank you for joining us. Uh, longtime yes. Senator, one of the reasons I believe you were elected back in the nineties is Anita Hill and a year of the woman and all that. I remember it well. What do you feel about all this today? Looking back at your Senate experience and this case. Let me be clear, I wouldn't have gotten to the Senate were it not for Anita Hill. I feel...
to the thousands of you who told us you wanted the <laughs> XDS Mod 2 in 9mm. Rest easy. We heard you loud and clear. The reason I'm laughing is because right in the middle of this Barbara Boxer thing on Breitbart, you know, they put a 9mm gun I'd love to believe it was my ad. winning personality. But people looked at stuff. the Senate, they saw two women, the House had very few, no women on the Judiciary Committee, and Chris, this is eerily, eerily just like what happened to Anita Hill. Of course. They love this. They're going to make this Anita Hill, too. You know, they had a movie about Anita Hill and everything else. So they're, they're, going to, they're going to make this Anita Hill. They're not going to come near that woman, Mrs. Ford, on, on the floor. They're not going to let her. They're not going to do another Anita Hill situation, right? Well, we can't. We know what happened to Anita Hill. We can't possibly have this happen again. That was a black mark in the history of Supreme Court hearings. We can't do that again. So they're never going to. They're not going to ask this woman any tough questions. She's going to run there and run her mouth and be allowed to say whatever she wants to Even say. You have Chuck Grassley, uh, who was on the committee, really being terrible to Anita Hill. And oh yeah, you mean. Uh, like Joe Biden was too. See, they forget all that. Joe Biden was, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I gotta go back to, to that time, but Joe Biden was, uh, was, was the one who was legendarily negative towards Anita Hill and much to his credit. Cause she's a liar. So, you know, good for him, but Barbara Boxer and the other women, Diana Feinstein, they're never go. They, we can't have another Anita Hill. See, this is this is all going to be just another Me Too movement thing, where all the guys are going to be frozen like a bunch of pansies. Jeff Flake, you think Jeff Flake's going to ask Mrs. Ford a, a tough question? This woman deserves to be heard. I can I must have her. We can't. I can't. I. We just. She must have a voice. Every woman. I, I, we get it. But the reality is, she's about to ruin a guy's entire life. And, and keep in mind, though. By the way, Kavanaugh goes away. There's just going to be another one nominated. Uh, so, so I mean, this isn't this isn't that big of a process except personally for Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh goes away. He's not fit. He Then he loses his appeals court job because he's determined to be an attempted rapist. And so they'll, they'll Congress will have to remove him from his, the appeals court position. So if, because if you're not good enough for the Supreme court, you can't be good enough for the, uh, the, uh, the appeals court. And, and, but, but Trump just appoints another, another one. The, the the Democrat and because if the Democrats think they're going to take over the Senate, I don't know what wet dream they're consulting, but there's not a chance in hell the Democrats are going to take over the Senate. It's not going to happen. So if, if they're delaying this until the midterms, hoping they're going to take over the Senate, uh, then knock yourself out. But the bottom line is it's not going to happen. There, there will be another conservative Supreme Court justice put forth down the pike. That's going to happen that way. But the hearings themselves are going to be hard because this woman is just simply not going to be treated the way she ought to be treated. She's going to be treated with kid gloves because everybody is afraid. 
They're afraid of their portrayal in the media. They're afraid of their portrayal from uh, certain people in the other party. Republicans, we cannot rely on Republicans to ask her decent questions about uh, all this. Warren Hatch and others, and they're still there. The difference is, Diane Feinstein. And so are you still there. I think it's bad that all of you are still there, to tell you the truth. The fact that we, the fact that we have all the same creeping ghouls around the Senate now, and Boxer can name all of them, that's kind of a problem anyway. We're all still around from Anita Hill. I was like, what was I, 10? I, I can't even remember when that was. All I remember is it was a, it was a total snow job, and Clarence Thomas prevailed, thankfully, and Anita Hill went back into the scrap heap of history. But I don't even know when it was. I, I think it was when I was in college or something. It's a long time ago. The fact that all these people are still there. Can you believe that? Barbara Boxer, just, we're all still here after Anita Hill. That ought to be, that's incriminated in itself. Chuck Grassley, everybody's still there. Let's go back and hear what she had to say. Oh, I love that fact. Isn't it great? Now that what's great about the Breitbart videos, and that's why I don't kind of edit them or anything, is now they've decided that instead of put, doing the skip the ad button, they put the ad right in the middle of the video. So you can't skip the ad. So right, right about the time Barbara Box says, we've been here all a long time since Anita Hill. The automatic 9 millimeter testosterone-boosting, bulletproof, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, nice. I love it. But then they put it right in the middle of everything. Fire away. Right in, right in the middle of plastic face Barbara Boxer's missive on, how many of us are still here? We're still eerily, here. Eerily, just like what happened to Anita Hill. Even you have Chuck Grassley, uh, who was on the committee, really being terrible to Anita Hill. And... Uh, Orrin Hatch and others, and they're still there. Yeah, I know. I know, Barbara. That's the problem. And people like you are still there, even though your face hasn't changed for 35 years because you have a plastic surgeon who's an expert. You and Joe Biden, apparently. But nonetheless, I mean, th- does, uh, that, that, that in itself is an incrimination. We've all been here for 45 years. And we've watched everything happen before. And we're not going to allow it to happen again. Dianne Feinstein. You think Dianne Feinstein, who sent this stuff to the FBI surreptitiously and wanted the FBI to investigate, you think we're going to get any fair questions to Mrs. Ford from Dianne Feinstein? And Jeff Jeff Flake, every every woman on Capitol Hill has, has his balls in their fist right now every, every every correspondent every senior producer at nbc cbs abc cnn msnbc they're they've got they've got a vice grip on flakes balls you got to know that and if chuck grassley remembers who he is we might get maybe some questions from him i, I just wanted to say it's like oh lord really this is our Senate. It's like it's like watching the uh, it's like watching the uh, the 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 Muppet Show with with all those old those old, like Sesame Street those old men up in the in the uh, in the theater there those guys 
It's all them. I'm stuck right I just want to say it's all please, people. Really? You can't even speak. And, and, and you're, we've been in the Senate for 45 years. We've watched it. It's like that, and they're all having these memories. So they want to redo the, the Anita Hill thing. It's going to be a debacle. It's going to be it's going to be a travesty. I'll tell you one thing. What we ought to do is we ought to have we ought to have now it's our turn to stand up and start shouting in the judiciary hearing. Oh. The difference is Diane Feinstein is the ranking member. Kamala oh, yeah. Harris is on the committee. Maisie, you- oh, that, that that ought to be great. You think Kamala Harris is going to ask Mrs. Ford any tough questions at all? Hell no. These people are all about politics, all about their own self, all about their party. They're not about country. They're not about fairness and decency. Rono is on the committee. Amy Klobuchar, there's a big difference because we now have a more representative Senate. Oh, yeah. A more diverse Senate. Yeah. We've, we've, we've heard about diversity, Barbara. We've seen that before. We know about diversity. We've all, but we've all been here 45 years. And we've been watching the Anita Hill thing. And this is not going to happen again. Because they have all their little students now with them now. Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein and the others now have their all, 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 of their, all, all of their little apprentices like Kamala Harris and Klobuchar or whatever the hell her name is and, and uh, some of the others. And they're not going to want to piss off the queens. They're, they're a team of, of old lady uh, monitors. Kamala Harris is not going to, you know, you think Kamala Harris is going to want to piss off the Diane Feinsteins and the Barbara Boxfaces of the world? No, they're not going to ask any tough questions. I mean, Kamala Harris is dumb as a stump. She's, she can't even ask a decent question of, of uh, Kavanaugh when he was up there. Tell me, what did, when did you talk to, to, to Robert Mueller? Did you ever have a conversation with him? He's like, yeah, you mean when I work with him? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we got to get from Kamala Harris. And then Dianne Feinstein's going to sit there and slobber through whatever she's going to be doing. And then Jeff Flake, it's like, can I have my balls back? I'm, I need to ask a question. No, you can't have your balls back. They're in my hand. Okay, never mind. That, that'll, this, this, that'll, that, this will be the hearing that we have. This will be the hearing. This woman is to be believed. Anna Eshoo is one of the most incredible people I know in this world. She has a heart of gold and she's sharp. She knows Mm -hmm. after sitting with that woman, you can believe Anna Eshoo and you can believe Dr. Ford. This was attempted rape. Yeah, well, so now we know, right? So so that's the conclusion of of 800-year-old Barbara Boxer. You think so? So that's now we know what they think. Now, now we know what they're thinking. There. Now we know what, what's going on with 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 uh, with the show on Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a debacle. Uh, Kavanaugh, if he prevails, and, and I'm sh- I'm sure that he will, because he probably wasn't even there. But again, the woman can be believed and should be believed uh, for now. But. Trust but verify, as Ronald Reagan said. I remember Ronald Reagan better than I remember Anita Hill. Believe me. So trust but verify. So 
you have her uh, there, you talk to her, and, and you go back. You go back to the, 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 the questions, and these are the questions that will probably not be asked. The person, I'm trying to figure out who's going to have the guts to get to the bottom of this and actually ask her decent questions because they're all so afraid of what's going on here. They're all so afraid of the possibilities. So, so who's going to be the one to come out and say, all right, how come you didn't say anything about this? Attempted rape, as you know, is punishable by 45 years in prison in most states, uh, Dr. Ford. And, uh, and I would like to know uh, why you didn't report that at the time that this occurred. Attempted rape is a serious crime. And, and indeed, you even say that you felt that you might be killed. That that seems to be a very serious matter. How come you did not go to any authorities, even for that matter, to the elitist school, as you called it, and reported these individuals? How come you didn't do that? Well, I didn't want to be uh, – my parents didn't know I was a party uh, where people had been drinking. And like, okay, so were you drinking? And I don't know what her answer will be, but let's just pretend it's yes. Yes. Okay, so how much did you have to drink that night? Do you recall? Um, I don't recall. Oh, okay. But you, you, you seemingly recall every detail of what happened to you, right down to the names of these individuals when they were basically 17 years old. You, uh, 36 years, uh, you have a memory of every detail, including the names of these individuals, but you don't remember how much you drank? Well, uh, I did. I don't. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, so if you don't remember how much you drank, how do you remember who attacked you? Well, it's something I'll never forget, uh, and it was uh, horrible. And like, okay, all right. Uh, so fast forward, and then we'll move on. Fast forward to then uh, the time that you went to uh, – you went to – the marriage counseling. Why did you go to marriage counseling? And that's where we start to get into this thing. Okay. That's where we start to delve into the marriage counseling thing. Uh, and, and then we, we, we will ask for more of the papers, more of the reports of the, uh, the marriage counselor. And by the way, once again, I don't know, uh, where this, uh, I don't know this polygraph test. They keep throwing on. Well, she passed the polygraph test. I'm going, what were the questions that were asked of her in the polygraph test? What did they ask her? Did they ask her if it was Brett Kavanaugh? Like, what did they ask? But no, everybody's just reporting it like it's absolutely just all matter of fact. Yeah, she passed a polygraph test. It's like, okay, but what did, the, what, who, what did that say? And, and by the way, why did she pass a polygraph test or take a polygraph test? Like who – when did the polygraph test take place? Again, is anybody asking any of these questions, by the way? I'm, I'm just wondering because right now everybody's so scared of being rapey that they, they don't want to actually ask tough questions of a woman who is about to ruin the life, the entire life of an individual. Again, as I pointed out earlier in the show, if you're just joining me now – you, uh, you, you cannot, if you can't be a Supreme Court justice because 
you attempted to rape somebody, you can't be on the Court of Appeals, the second highest court in the land. It doesn't work that way. If Kavanaugh winds up not being good enough for this Supreme Court justice, then, then he can't be good enough to be on any court for that matter. It's not that, oh, well, he'll just go back to the Federal Court of Appeals. Like, uh, no, that generally doesn't happen to people who are uh, basically accused and then wind up uh, a, a de facto jury finds them guilty of attempted rape. It doesn't work that way. So she's about to ruin somebody's life, and, and, and so the questions need to be asked. So the polygraph test is the one that I'm really stuck on because I don't know when it, when it t- took place. And, and wh- I don't know why reporters aren't asking why when the polygraph took place. I don't know why they, they aren't asking those questions. I mean, I'm just little old me here, Radio Free Allman. Wondering, okay, uh, you just said she passed a polygraph test. When? When did she take a polygraph test? Is that what was going on during the six weeks that Diane Feinstein knew about the about this situation? Was that was that happened when once Diane Feinstein knew that honey, you need to take a polygraph test. I mean, we have to get this thing in, in order here. Is that what happened? The, the, like when did she take the polygraph test and who gave it and what questions were asked? If the question was, did you feel like somebody was trying to attempted attempting to rape you? Uh, what uh, did you or didn't you? Yes, I did. OK, but did they ask, was it Brett Kavanaugh? Was that one of the questions? Was it Brett Kavanaugh? Did, did she, did, was that one of the questions? Who gave this thing? And under what conditions? Where was it? But instead, everybody's just blathering on. No, she pa- no, 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 no. She, she passed the polygraph test. Yes, she did. I'm like, okay, when? And, and was that was, was, was going on the past six weeks? So what is, what is, what is happening here? So then I would ask her, I would, I would I'd ask her, why was she in marriage counseling? And, and let's just pretend uh, she was in marriage counseling because I don't know. Let's I, I don't know. I don't know. But that would be at the root of it. She claims it's because she was having issues in her marriage because of the attempted rape, which might be true. I mean, it might be might be true. But we'd have to ask those questions. Is anybody going to ask her on the Senate committee why she was in marriage counseling? Is anybody going to ask her how much she'd been drinking? Uh, is anybody going to ask her uh, any of those questions? I mean, again, that's why this hearing is so dangerous, so fought, fraught with trouble, is because uh, this is going to be a sideshow. It's going to be a dog and pony show. It's, it's going to be a debacle. I do believe that Kavanaugh is going to prevail, but in this day and age, people, my biggest fear is – there's no turning back from this. If the, 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 the Judiciary Committee, I don't know what the balance is, but if they, if they, don't, conf- if they don't vote him out with approval, uh, he's, he's going to be borked again. 
and and that's how this thing's going to happen. It's going to be it's not going to it's not going to help the the uh, the Democrats very much if they wind up getting rid of him. Uh, but uh, but these people all know that the the end is uh, near for this thing. I mean, I I just don't see how they vote him. They they approve him in this day and age. You know, this woman who apparently makes some kind of credible credible allegation but how do we know that how do we know that we're, we're going to actually have people asking tough right. questions is he, is he incapable bob woodward says in his book he's incapable of facing yes. reality the reality is i see it right now probably this nomination is cooked and he doesn't it's got to it, be it's got to be for everybody to be satisfied jeff flake he has to have this nomination go south. He doesn't. Jeff Flake is a never Trumper. He can't have a. He can't have a. A success on the part of President Trump before he leaves office. This is going to be his last uh, hot poker up the ass of Donald Trump. This this is going to be his Jeff Flake's last hurrah. And, and Jeff Flake has zero motivation to help. The president, or or what I mean, get to the truth, because in my opinion, the truth is uh, that uh, that there must be some vetting of this woman uh, publicly, and if she's willing to testify, let's not. But see, here's the thing: the reason why she's so willing is because she knows what's going to happen. There's not going to be anybody that's going to go after her the way a prosecutor should, or I'm sorry, a defense attorney should. There's not going to be anybody. I mean, they'll go after Kavanaugh, and, and you know he should face questions. I get it. I understand. I'm 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 with the president on this. Let's go ahead and do this. If if it means a delay, let's delay delay it. I think the president was uh, perfect when he said, "We want this guy. We want this guy to go in at the very top of the level here. We want him to go in at the very top. We want him to get the highest level and 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 get him and get him in there uh, clean as a whistle." I, and I I think that's a good. I think this is a good thing. But this is going to be Kavanaugh in the minds of Chris Matthews and Barbara Boxer has been around for 45 years. Uh, me and me, Diane Feinstein, we've been, you know, it's like, oh, Lord, people. Never get over the fact that Boxer just rattled off a whole list of people who are still there from the Anita Hill things, the Anita Hill hearings. I mean, Lord, how does that happen in, in this free country of ours? But anyway, I don't see how they're going to they're going to be able to to get past this. Uh, and, and again, uh, people aren't going to be there to ask the tough questions. You're not going to see it. So Jeff Flake is not going to help us. Susan Collins, you know, you you know what? Oddly enough, we might have to rely on Susan Collins to ask tough questions. I mean, because I actually don't – I don't really dislike Susan Collins the way a lot of other people do. I think she's annoying, but but she's not stupid. And, and she's and, – and Susan Collins, as much as I totally disagree with her and, and on a number of different levels, is not thoughtless. And oddly enough, because Jeff Flake's balls are in – Everybody's hands. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't have big enough balls to be passed around. But apparently, everybody has them in their hands. And, and, and Diane Feinstein is a crook, so she's not going to ask any tough questions. Maybe Susan Collins will be the one to ask her whether she'd been drinking that night. 
And if she can't recall how much she had to drink that night, how does she recall that it was Brett Kavanaugh? Like, can you give me a ballpark of how much you had to drink? Was it one beer, two beers? What did you have? What, what did you have? Was it liquor? What What were you? Why does your Why does your therapist think there were four people attacking you when there are only two? Uh, all, all these things we want to know. Maybe it will be Susan Collins who asked those questions. We can only hope. But we'll talk to uh, Judge Balatano about this in just a little bit. He's going to be in with us at uh, seven thirty and. Then also we're going to cover the uh, President Trump laying waste on the deep state. Did you hear about this? This is going to be a big deal. And you never know whether or not, uh, you know, and and Vicky, you're right. If Susan Collins is the one who steps forward, I think she might have, she might be the one. I I honestly believe that uh, she might just be the one we could maybe depend on her. But, yeah, President Trump just laying waste on the deep state. And it might be kind of a gamble, but he has declassified the records surrounding the Russia investigation. That, that was an awesome move on the part of the president. An awesome move. Also, by the way, there's news. Remember I told you about this whole cholesterol thing? And how there are some who believe the cholesterol drug stuff is a, a scam. Right now, 17 physicians from across the world have come up with a, a study and a paper that says there's no evidence that high levels of bad cholesterol cause heart disease. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and shove a bunch of, you know, Egg McMuffins down your throat. Don't take it from me. I'm just going to let you know what they have to say. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
have credit card debt, Golden Oak Lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash, and you pay nothing out of pocket. People often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money. This is James Hawkins from Golden Oak Lending. With our expertise in today's increased home values, we can usually save you money. Call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Good morning. Good morning this morning. Yes, happy Tuesday, my people. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning this morning. From the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Hello, everybody. Hello. For all of your trucking needs, conveyors. Hello. Venco hoists. Light kits. Paint jobs. That's what it's all about, people. Good morning and hello. Hello, Martin Selvin. I know. Hello. Hello. Let's overmodulate, shall we? Because I'm a DJ. Put the needle on the record. Put the needle on the record. Don't kick me off Facebook, you pansies. You don't even. You, you can't even catch up with me. I'm way ahead of the game here. Don't be. Don't. Don't, don't give me your little dumb little. Algorithms. I got an algorithm for you. Good morning, this morning, everybody. Hey, by the way, uh, that was just. Uh, did you guys hear this? The uh, restart of the national anthem. Looks like you heard heard the first part twice. I noticed that none of you complained, because then I would accuse you of hating America. All right, but he's like, "What's the matter? You don't want to hear the national anthem again? Is that the problem?" What, 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 what don't you like about the national... I'd do all that kind of stuff. I'd ask the tough questions. Put me on that Senate Judiciary Committee so I could ask what was going on there, what was happening. I want to know what... I want to know about that party is what I want to know. Kavanaugh says he wasn't even there. Or he doesn't even think he was there. I don't know. But what what um what were they doing? What were they drinking? I don't know. I want to know every detail because apparently she does, right? She knows every detail, right? So why wouldn't we ask her about every detail? Like what what, what were you drinking that night? Now again, obviously somebody attempting to rape you uh, would would uh, it's a little more uh, impactful than you know what kind of wine you were drinking. I get that. Uh, but, but, you know, still let's, uh, let's get the details going on, but who's going to do this? Michael, the hoser, you're, I'm with you, man. I, I honestly think that Susan Collins might be the one tasked with, with, with it. Because, uh, as I said earlier, 
Jeff Flake's balls are in the grasp of about 10 other people there at Capitol Hill. Mostly Democrats. But he's not going to do anything. Mitch McConnell asked a pretty good question. So is it, is it true that we're going to be winding up relying on some of the people we've been most suspicious of, the Mitch McConnells of the world and even the uh, and Susan Collins? I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell on the floor of the uh, of the Senate yesterday, I thought had a pretty good uh, pretty good little missive there. He asked he asked a really pertinent question about why did it take six weeks for this all to go down? What what was what was the deal now with the six weeks? Now, on a final matter, Mr. President, it's been seventy days seventy days since the president nominated Judge Brett Kavanaugh to fill the current vacancy on the Supreme Court. For more than two months, the Senate has poured over Judge Kavanaugh's professional record. We've reviewed the 300-plus opinions he's authored while serving on the D.C. Circuit. More pages of documents than have ever been produced for a Supreme Court nomination. More than for the five past nominations combined. And testimony from prominent legal scholars and top litigators. Who- it looked like McConnell was stopping, going, "Will you people shut the hell up, please? I'm talking." I don't know whether that was true or not, but it looked like he was. Looked like some, some people were babbling, and he was getting annoyed by it. He's the nominee's intellect and his exemplary performance on the federal bench. We've also considered a wealth of evidence that pertains to Judge Kavanaugh's character and his personal integrity. We've heard testimony or received open letters from literally hundreds of men and women who know Judge Brett Kavanaugh, who worked alongside him, or clerked for him as a judge, or who've known him and his family personally over the years. This is what the Senate has considered for the past 70 days. In the Senate and around the country, almost everyone who went into this process with an open mind who was prepared to give Judge Kavanaugh a fair hearing, has come away impressed. But now, now, an accusation of 36-year-old misconduct dating back to high school has been brought forward at the last minute in an irregular manner. Uh, I'd say a most irregular manner. Feinstein or Steen or whatever the hell her name is, she sends this thing to the FBI. The FBI is not like we're not. This is we're not doing any of this thing at all, and and we're not investigating this at all. And so right now, it's like when Durbin was like, "Hey, what, what, let's have the hearing tomorrow." Oh no, 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 no! We wouldn't want to have the hearing tomorrow. It's too soon. Yeah, of course, it's too soon because you're wanting some other women to come forward. So far, it's not working out for you very well because the women coming forward are the ones supporting Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> This isn't this, but but what, what they're hoping for is some kind of delay that will sufficiently sour the public's attitude. And the more you can go on, like Barbara Boxer did, and basically say flat out that this was an attempted rape without even actually knowing the truth, uh, the better off you are. So the the the, the networks and the news people can all. Uh, 
basically just go this way and hopefully uh, they're, they're hoping that somebody will come forward. And then meanwhile, the news media is fantasizing about a redo of the Anita Hill hearings, except this time they're fantasizing about a different outcome for these hearings. Many Americans may be thinking, we've seen this movie before, thinking back to the name Anita Hill and her own 11th hour bombshell. Oh, they see these. They love this. This is this is what they want. They want another one of these Anita Hill dramas. And but they don't want the outcome, the Anita Hill outcome derailed another Supreme Court nominee decades ago. The circumstance is different, but some of the underlying issues may be relevant. Our Andrea Mitchell explained. Oh, oh, here, let's listen to Andrea Mitchell tell us how everything is so relevant here. The parallels are eerie. Of course they are. They have to be. They must be. Female college professor reluctant to publicly accuse a powerful man nominated for the Supreme Court of past sexual... A powerful man nominated for the Supreme Court. Now, why do you think Andrea Mitchell called him, used the term powerful man? Is, is there is there a is there a appeals court judge that isn't powerful? So where does the where does the powerful man part come into this whole thing? You got to really pay attention to the words that are being used by uh, these reportresses, especially the left wing ones, about how they're utilizing language that, you know, uh, that she's facing off with a powerful man. Well, he's a man. And yeah, I guess he's powerful, but why, why, why the language? Why have to set that up? Is it because you're trying to uh, minimize her in terms of her stature so that she's an underdog, that she's a victim? Is that what you're trying to say? Because normally, I don't know, you don't, you don't normally hear powerful man associated with uh, positivity necessarily. I mean, there are a lot of people who are powerful, but you don't really hear, you know, uh, oh, you're a powerful man. It's like you don't really hear that. You, people like, you know, Andrea Mitchell, a powerful man is like, you know, uh, is dagger worthy. They, but, but you don't really hear, oh, honey, you're such a powerful man. It's like, no, you don't really hear that in a, in a positive sense, at least. Misconduct. Days before a vote, forced out of the shadows when her identity is revealed. It's what's, what's even worse about all of this is that we watch these videos and see the same damn people that we're seeing now. That tells you everything you need to know about the swamp. It's like, you people are still there. Barbara Boxer was bragging about it. We were all there at the time. Chuck Grassley and everybody was there. It's like, really? 40 years ago? Yes, we were 40 years. That's how long you've been in this? Yes. It's like, wow. My name is Anita F. Hill. Humiliated and accused of lying by some senators on what was then an all-male judiciary committee. Yeah, see, they are, they are trying to make sure that this hearing, that it takes place Monday and Tuesday, they're trying to make sure they telegraph everything these people need to know. Don't you dare go back to her like you did Anita Hill. We've got Kavanaugh, who's about to be borked, and Dr. Ford about to be Anita Hilled. That's what we're going to... See here. And how many times will we hear the, the, the news people talk about they're treating her just like Anita Hill. This is horrible. Believe me, they made a movie about Anita Hill. I mean, come on. They, 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 they're setting this up as a weekly TV drama here. I took that to mean we ought to have sex or we ought to. Why are we watching this, by the way? 
what, 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 why are we, why are, this is, this is one minute, this is 45 seconds of a one minute and 56 minute story, one minute and 56 second story. Why, why are we, why are we 45 seconds in and all we're hearing about is Anita Hill? Right? Look at these pornographic movies together. The White House organizing a fierce counterattack with a searing denial from the nominee. I would have preferred an assassin's bullet to this kind of living hell. So we've got then two minutes of the whole Anita Hill reminiscing and the underlying message on the part of the news media now is don't you dare do this again. And for all the old guys on the committee who were there for Anita Hill, they're going to, after having been through hell, right, for for daring to question Anita Hill, now are going to have their ears pinned back uh, and and are not going to be as assertive as perhaps they were during Anita Hill's time because they were so roundly attacked. And they're being warned with stories like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same old guys are back there, and that whole all-male committee was terrible. It was a travesty what happened to Anita Hill. And we're so travesty, was it that we made a movie out of it that nobody went to see? But they still that's still their thing. And then you've got the Me Too movement. There's no way in hell you're going to get any tough questioning. Jeff Flake, just by his own nature, uh, again, his balls are in, a, in the grip of anybody who asks. And so he's, he's not going to help us. So really, in the end, the one person who actually could and might help us would be maybe uh, in, in some way, shape, or form uh, a, uh, a, a person, the uh, Susan Collins. And hopefully Susan Collins uh, will, will do that. Now, keep in mind, though, it's not unusual to question rape claims. Uh, and, and, I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty serious charge. And on The View, uh, the, they went all after Brett Kavanaugh and, and said these, these charges uh, must be taken seriously. They must be taken seriously. And you know what? When somebody accuses you of attempted rape, that should be taken seriously. I totally and completely understand that. I, I, I get it. I understand it. But if it's going to be taken seriously, then it has to be taken seriously to the degree that it's taken seriously enough that hard questions are asked, including how much did you have to drink? Why didn't you report it? If you thought your life was in peril, why didn't you report it to the authorities? If you knew it was an elitist school and you knew who did it to you, uh, you could narrow that down. You wouldn't harm anybody except the people who attempted to rape you and the people who you felt were going to kill you. Why wouldn't you tell anybody that? Why, 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 why didn't you? And she'd say, well, because I didn't want to tell my parents I was at a drinking party. And I would say, so were you drinking? And she'd say, yes. How much? I don't remember. Well, you don't remember how much you were drinking. Do you th- expect us to, to think that you can remember every detail of what happened to you? Will, will, there, will there be somebody ask her a question like that? And I do believe, actually, Susan Collins, of all people, might be the one to do it. But now keep in mind, uh, taken very seriously, and The View was discuss- has, has discussed this and say this is horrible because the, the attitudes have changed, you see, about attempted rape. I don't know whether you know that or not. Because, and, and, and the attitude actually have changed, uh, boy, uh, over the, just the last two years. Because I'm going back to January 5th. Of 2016 in the view there was a show there and uh it was a discussion about the rape and sexual assault allegations against 
an individual named uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. And, and Father Tom, yeah, it's a lot to place on Susan Collins. You're right. I mean, uh, she's got her own pressures, and, and you know, she, and, and, and the news media will turn on her the minute she asks a tough question. What, are you not, you, are you a, not a Me Too person? Is that right? I mean, it'll, it, this is not going to be good. Anyway, let's go back to uh, January 5th of 2016 when there was a discussion about the rape allegations against Bill Clinton. Now, you'd think, well, gosh, the view yesterday was, wow, they, this Kavanaugh guy, this powerful man, these, 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 uh, these must be taken seriously, these allegations. This is an important thing. This, is, um, this must be taken seriously, uh, Kavanaugh. You'd think, well, then surely when that was brought up about Bill Clinton, the view took a similar stance, don't you think? Do you? I'm going to give you a, a, a two, I'm going to give you a, a multiple choice. Yes, they did take the allegations against Bill Clinton seriously. Or B, no, hell no, not in a million years. Yes, Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Willey, and they say that he either exposed himself to them, raped them, or groped them. Again, these are three accusations. This has nothing to do with Hillary running for president. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with Hillary. Well, he's, oh, he's denied, bind, doesn't it? He's because denied all of those. It puts her in a bind. Oh. On the other hand, I, you know, on the other hand, it's her policies that really matter. Yeah. Like Republicans have voted against the Violence Against Women Act. Now, that to me is more important than anything that Bill Clinton did or didn't do. Of course. It's what she's going to vote for, how she's going to lead the country, that matters more than that. It's also but the fact that On the that other she's hand, he is a dog. Let's face it. A, a Teddy Kennedy. Remember Chappaquiddick? Am I the oldest, oldest person in no, the world? No, I remember okay. that. Chappaquiddick, I mean... <laughs> no, no, honey, we remember Chappaquiddick. Uh, don't, you, don't you worry your wigged hair. We absolutely remember Chappaquiddick, just so a you know. A girl drowns, and he abandons her, and he drowned. And pe- women still voted for Teddy Kennedy. Why? True. Because he voted for women's rights. That's oh, okay. Why. So so that, that must be the difference then. So in the end, uh, a rape or even a manslaughter allegation can be wiped away as long as you vote positively on women's issues. Is that what we're seeing now? So that must be the key. Hey, Brett, did you know that you can do anything you want to a woman as long as you vote yes for women? Did you know that? No, I didn't. Had I known that, I would have, uh, you know. I, honestly, now, we, now you know the code, people. You've cracked the code. As long as you support whatever it is women think is women's rights, as long as you do that, you can rape and drown anybody. I mean, clearly that must be the standard right now. And then, and then heaven, and then if you are a woman like Hillary, then you could commit all kinds of fraud and crime and lie to the FBI and everything, and you get away with it. So now we know uh, that that what what the what the real deal is when it comes to whether or not you're going to be punished or whether or not you're uh, you're uh, going to be have a have a garret on you, and so. Kavanaugh's unfortunately now just so happens he's a he's a male, he's a conservative, he's appointed by Donald Trump, and so a rape allegation against him should be taken seriously. But if you're Bill Clinton, nah, let's not, you know. But again, I do believe 
I'm not saying the woman should not be heard, but I, what I, again, I'm relying on and uh, trying to rely on are people who are going to ask tough questions, and that's what we need. We need somebody who's going to ask tough questions. Judge Napolitano is going to join us in just a few. Did you see the Emmys last night? Did anybody watch the Emmys last night? Who watched the Emmys last night? Do even know they were they were on? But they had an opening monologue with two guys. I don't even know who they are. Things are getting better, but as we all know, TV has always had a diversity problem. You know, I mean, can you believe they did 15 seasons of ER without one Filipino nurse? That's crazy. That's just crazy. Have you been to a hospital? That's crazy. Even on a great show like Cheers, I mean, Cheers, I love Cheers, but you're telling me they made a show about an all-white sports bar in 1980s Boston, and not one black dude walked in, saw everybody. Things are getting better, but as we all know, TV has Sorry about that. a diversity problem. I want you to hear that again. I mean, can you believe they did 15 seasons of ER without one Filipino nurse? That's crazy. Let me ask you something, though. I, I, I was curious about that because uh, I, I realized it's true. But it, but if 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 you were for like they're talking about diversity and this is Hollywood, and 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 apparently you know, Roseanne any any reference to race or whatever else is a horrible thing. But it's more than okay to go ahead and stereotype the medical profession in that sense and and the, and pull the whole Filipino nurse thing. I, I don't. I, I'm trying to figure out what the standards are. We just watched Joy Behar say uh, it's okay to, to attempted rape is not a big deal as long as you're a supportive of w- women's rights, whatever that means. And it's okay to drown somebody like Ted Kennedy did in Chappaquiddick, but Ted Kennedy voted for women's rights. So, and, and and I guess if you're black and you're at the Emmys, then knock yourself out making stereotypes uh, about Asians. I mean, g- go for it. I, I don't. I don't understand how, on, on the one hand, these guys can complain and talk about diversity and the importance of being fair and everything else, and then at the same time, uh, crack jokes about Filipino nurses. I really don't mind that. I mean, I, I, it doesn't offend me, and I'm not quite sure it would offend even Filipinos, but if that came out of the mouth of some you know, Republican or, or another you know, actor out there, they, would they lose their show? Oh, he made a crack about Filipino nurses. It's like... Um, yeah, and then we had the, uh, the, uh, Jennifer Lewis. So she wore a Nike outfit to the, to, to the Emmys. She had a Nike shirt on. That was what we saw there. She had this big, uh, I don't even know who she is, but she had, she had a message for, uh, Colin Kaepernick. She was very supportive of him. And, and- Look at you, sporty spite. Thank you, baby. Okay, why are you wearing Nike? I am wearing Nike to applaud them for supporting Colin Kaepernick and his protest against racial injustice and police brutality. Is this custom Nike? Absolutely. Absolutely. How they have some drag queens come over and put some beads on it. Some sparkle. You know how... Drag queens. They roll. They roll good. Yes, Kate Moss and DJ Pierce, Changela. Did anybody watch? Did you guys watch the Emmys at all? I didn't even know they were on. So I'm just, I'm just kind of calling this tape here. And uh, so she, she wore an entire Nike outfit out there. And then I think there were some people who were also uh, wearing the uh, the the blue ribbons. I don't even know really what that was all about. And I think it was a Planned Parenthood pin. 
uh, on some of them. So Hollywood is just kind of knocking itself out. And, uh, and, and then there was one where uh, a director, uh, Jesse Peretz, and his wife, Sarah, and she wrote on her arm, Stop Kavanaugh. <laughs> so, I mean, these people were just knocking themselves out all over there, and, and it was uh, pretty crazy. And it, it was pretty much what you would expect from the, uh, the folks over there in, uh, in Hollyweird. All right, before we get to the judge, I want to follow up on this, too. And this was a great move on the part of President Trump. And this was a possibly risky move. And we'll ask the judge about this and, and, and figure out what's going on here. But, uh, but Donald Trump, President Trump, ordered the declassification of Russia investigation records, all of them. So Sarah Sanders says, we want to be transparent. For so we're, we're going to go ahead and and uh, we're going to uh, uh, release all this stuff and we're going to uh, it, uh, allow all these reports, select reports of the FISA court application. And uh, he ordered the Director of National Intelligence, the Department of Justice, FBI, to declassify select parts of the FISA court application. Uh, that were being used to spy on his uh, former campaign surrogate, Carter Page, during the 2016 election. President Trump also ordered that uh, FBI interviews with Bruce Orr be released surrounding the ongoing Russia investigation, as well as all text messages related to the Russia investigation that were typed in by James Comey, the FBI director, Andrew McCabe, and the two lovebirds, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. She's ordered all of those to be released. Now, basically, this is a huge amount of unclassified information. And this could uh, basically just throw the whole Russia investigation into a level of disarray. Uh, and it will be pretty crazy. But that's what he did, and he wants to expose the witch hunt. Now, I think the judge will tell us that there are certain risks uh, that are associated with this, uh, and and I understand that. But at the same time, I am uh, all for uh, this, and it should be uh, fantastic. It should be fantastic. Also, just uh, so you know, we have another diversity award recipient that I want to turn you on to. And her name is Maxine Waters. Yeah, she's back. And so this time when she's not encouraging other Americans to attack uh, other Americans who support President Trump, now she actually had a little bit uh, more harsh things to say when she was receiving the diversity award from these folks in Washington, D.C. You want to listen to Maxine Waters? as she uh, addresses all of her flying monkeys? Yeah, here you go. ...in the House of Representatives. There are those who say, well, what if we get rid of him? Then we've got that vice president, and he will be worse. I said, knock off the first one, and then go after the second <laughs> Knock off the first one, and then go after the second one. Now, let me ask you something about the term knockoff. Now, again, you know me. 
I know that there are things that are colloquialisms and phrases that people use all the time. And uh, so, you know me, I, I've uh, been through that, been there, done it, and completely understand what uh, words mean and how words matter. And so I don't take people too serious. Like, like for instance, when I talk about uh, – giving somebody the hot poker treatment or ramming a hot poker up their ass, you know that I'm not really uh, really uh, a, a person who is going to actually ram a, a hot poker up your butt. That's not really what I'm doing. It's a figurative speech, and lots of people actually uh, talk like that and have that. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take it too seriously. But when you use the term knockoff, I, I'll just pretend. Like, what if I actually use the term uh, knockoff to refer to, well, Maxine Waters? Like, we should knock off Maxine Waters with the first chance we get. How do you think that would be uh, displayed? Uh, and, and how do you think that would be portrayed? Uh, in in the media, if I suggested that we knock off Maxine Waters, I just am wondering whether or not you think that would be taken like, oh, it's a knockoff. It's, it's a figure of speech. Come on now, people. Normally, we do this all the time, and we say things like this all the time. But if I said knock off to relate to Maxine Waters, it would be probably like uh, killing her, right? I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you uh, think that way uh, and, and think, think that was coming across that way? Of course, of course, but. When you're Maxine Waters and you have the black privilege she does, you can say whatever the hell you want to, and you can get away with it and knock yourself out. All right, so here's what I'm going to do there, Matt, okay? Um, I'm, I'm, uh, by the way, am I, am I glistening? Today I decided to wear long pants. I don't know why. I haven't worn long pants probably in, uh, in five months Basically, except unless they had a special occasion or something like that. But I, I, uh, I haven't worn long pants in ages. I'm a shorts, t-shirt, flip-flop guy. That's what I do. You know, that's my, my that's my big gig. But today, I decided to wear long pants, and, and I decided to wear long pants because I thought, well, it's Tuesday and it's 95 degrees outside, so why wouldn't I have long pants on? Uh, you know what I mean? And it just so happens that I also chose a day where it is hey, – uh, Matt, can you come in here and, and let us know what the temperature is up to here? Because I know it's gotten hotter since it was 82 earlier. It's still 82. Oh, it's still 82. Okay. But well, you are pretty active right now. So. Oh, am I active? No. Oh, am I, am I gesticulating or whatever they call that? Yeah. Okay. So that, that, mu- that must be it because I'm, I'm, I am uh, – must be – Knocking myself out on the on the active thing, but it's hotter than hell here because the air conditioning happens to be out or or problematic. Oh, a fan. Okay, sure. Why not? Um, yeah. Okay. What I'm going to do here is I decided why do we, why am I wearing long? Oh, this feels good. Wow. I feel like Marilyn Monroe. It's blowing my skirt up. <laughs> I do have the Beyonce fan. I love it. All right, I got to get a hold of Judge Napolitano, but here's the trick. The judge doesn't allow me to call him like like I do with the other guys, you know? I call them. I'm like, hey, Jim Carafano, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Ready to go? Yeah, on the air. I have to have music, and then here comes the judge, or the judge will not does not like that when I just call them cold. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to turn you guys on to some Bernie sisters, which I can do. So Facebook's not going to pull me off. 
And then, and, and is there a way I can make the phone call without it being on the air? I don't think so. Hold okay. Or can we, or we just, or why don't we just like go dark then and just, just not have anything on and, uh, that works. hold on a second here. Uh, let's see. Let me see here. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I and, and, and just, just go dark like, so I can call him and get him on. So but people, I'm sorry about this, but once we get everything back to uh, back to our Radio Free Almond Two, we won't have these kinds of problems. But for now, I kind of okay. Okay, hang on, and then and then what I'll do is I'll, I'll when I'll come back, I'll give you the signal. Come back, play the Bernie Sisters, play Here Comes the Judge, and go to the judge. Okay, so just turn me off, um, and um, and and we'll do it that way. I'm sorry, people, but this is just how things have to roll in the in the land of. Uh, of milk and honey. Just hang on a second here. This is this is what we have to do just to get Judge Napolitano, and we have to play the game, okay? So just bear with me, and and uh, make sure that you know that I am not going to harm you in any way, shape, or form. Yes, I am. Ready to go. It's the Bernie Sisters. We're coming to you all from our shower slash tub. It's the Bernie Sisters so, singing uh, in the shower. To do a snippet. And uh, before we do that, we wanted to tell you that tomorrow... 13 and 10 they are, these girls. They are amazing. It's 13 and 10, right? So Bernie Sisters, B-U-R-N-E-Y. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, guess who's on with us? I know to you, I may look old. Hope this statement ain't too bold, but... Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come the judge at Palatano. Boy, you are a... You are a busy man today, my friend. There's so much going on regarding the declassification, but also the Kavanaugh hearings. Where do you want to begin, my friend? I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this one off. Well, I guess we could start with the Kavanaugh. First of all, hi, Jamie. It's hi there. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Yes. Uh, I guess we could start with uh, Kavanaugh. I mean, this once uh, seemed like a uh, once seemed like an assured nomination, but this writing is in some sort of limbo pending, you know, an Anita Hill-Clarence-Thomas-like confrontation before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, next week. The allegations of sexual misconduct against him uh, appear to be made by a credible uh, person who has nothing to gain. This Dr. Uh, Ford has nothing to gain by putting this out there if it's not true. Uh, and the, the hearings will determine whether she is a victim, a liar, or a dupe. Uh, the, the problem is that sometimes these hearings are a tie. You know, she makes the allegations, and she's not 
shaken from them. He makes denials, and he's not shaken from them. So who has to prove who has to prove their case? You know, it's not a court of law. It's going to be what impression does the American public have, and what impression do senators have of whether this uh, human being, Brett Kavanaugh, heretofore uh, with a pristine, uh, almost idyllic background, uh, is worthy of a, a lifetime appointment on the nation's highest court. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. I don't know how it's going to end up until we actually gauge the credibility of the two of them at this epic clash, which is coming next week. Yeah. Now, I guess it's also, and I'm sure the senators on the committee and beyond know this, this is, this is a uh, troublesome terrain in terms of the, of the line of questioning because I guess, you know, it's going to be tough because there's a lot of people just waiting for somebody perhaps to, I guess the, they might call it Anita Hill her or do something. I mean, there's, there's got to be – this is a woman who's claiming – that she that somebody attempted to rape her, and so uh, the the line of questioning is going to be interesting because some people are probably going to be a little worried about how much they ask her or how much they delve into this. Is that correct? Yes, I mean if you uh, remember, and a lot of your listeners might, the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas hearings were back in 1991. Now, uh, Professor Hill was demolished by the brilliant and classic cross-examination of the now late Senator Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania, the former Philadelphia district attorney. Uh, I don't think that any of the Republican senators can be as aggressive with Dr. Ford as Senator uh, Specter was with Professor Hill, because this is just an entirely different uh, era. I mean, she needs to be challenged, of course, by those who want to, you know, question her credibility. She doesn't know how she got there. She doesn't remember leaving. She doesn't know where it was. She doesn't know when it was, those type of things. But you have to do this with a lot more gentleness. I mean, the the, the specter cross-examination of Professor Hill was so uh, powerful that law students study it still uh, in in law school. But you cannot engage, I mean, Ted Cruz or Mike Lee or Lindsey Graham or John Cornyn. I'm just uh, going through a couple of the uh, Republican members of the Judiciary Committee who are also former practicing lawyers. I don't think any of them, though they have the ability to do what Arlen Specter did, could get away with doing it today. The backlash against the Republican Party in general, uh, the president and Judge Kavanaugh would be uh, profound, would have the opposite effect of uh, what they want. Yeah. So they have to treat this a lot more, uh, a lot more gingerly. I can't, I can't predict which way it's going to go. And that doesn't seem... But, yeah, go ahead, sir. But because there's no rules here, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, does she have to prove her case against him? Does he have to prove that he is worthy uh, of a seat on the court? I mean, what happens if it's a tie? Even though Specter, uh, uh, Senator Specter, demolished Professor Hill, that was effectively a tie. She didn't, she didn't withdraw from her allegations. Uh, Justice or then Judge uh, Thomas forcefully uh, denied them. The committee sent his name to the Senate floor without a recommendation. It doesn't require a recommendation. Doesn't require uh, a yay recommendation and a nay recommendation. Does not prevent a vote on the floor. The Democrats controlled the Senate, but yet he was confirmed 52 
to 48. Now we have the Republicans controlling the Senate by the slimmest of margins, 51 to uh, 49. And you have four senators who are wavering, four Republicans. If two of them vote no, I, I think the Democrats are in lockstep, and then this dom- nomination is, is doomed. If all the Republicans vote yes, then he'll be confirmed. But he'll still have on his skin the same tarnish that Justice Thomas has. This is the type of an allegation that just doesn't go away um, unless the uh, person making the allegation recants it. Right. So she's going to have to make some big blunder, and it will be probably have to be on her own if indeed she's not telling the truth. She will have to somehow right. uh, make some kind of blunder on this. And that's what's concerning to me when you talked about how uh, uh, carefully she has to be questioned because it doesn't seem very fair uh, to Kavanaugh, who not only will stand to lose uh, his this nomination, but can Basically, technically, if there is a situation where you uh, don't have a uh, you you have a situation where you where uh, she suddenly is saying something and, and he suddenly is not confirmed, if he is accused of attempted rape, uh, he can't be on the appeals court either. Correct? Well, he can, but it could form the basis for an impeachment if the uh, Democrats uh, take the House of Representatives, which. That seems likely. So this is a real can of worms uh, that has uh, been opened up. But Judge Kavanaugh is a very intelligent guy. I'm sure he knows what is at stake here. Right. But I right. can't predict the uh, outcome, Jamie, because it's virgin territory. It's not a court of law. If this were a court of law, the person making the allegation would have to prove her case by what's called a preponderance of the evidence, more evidence on her side than on the other side. But this is not a court of law. This is a semi-legal, predominantly political uh, environment in which whoever creates the stronger impression of telling the truth will likely prevail. If it's a tie, some of my colleagues are saying a tie goes to her, meaning uh, if, if they both come across as credible, she alleging, he denying, this gives Republicans cover to vote against him. Others are saying, if it's a tie, we're back to square one, and the Republicans should vote to confirm him. I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be a, a show, that's for sure. And I realize you're on, on, on some really tough time here, but very quickly then, I guess, uh, the declassification spree, uh, how is this going to go? Well, just because something is declassified doesn't mean it becomes public. I mean, a lot of these uh, documents are kept secret by statute, which the president cannot abrogate. So documents that pertain to an ongoing criminal investigation, documents that reflect the impression of prosecutors as they strategize uh, in their case, documents that reflect evidence that was presented to a grand jury, uh, documents that, uh, that show methods and sources of the acquisition of intelligence uh, information, documents the revelation of which could harm government personnel or government programs. All of these things are kept secret by statute that the president and the Congress can't interfere with. So as we speak, probably dozens and dozens of pair of eyes are beginning to scrutinize these documents to see if they fit in any of those categories. Now, here's the, um, here's the kicker. Once these things are given to Congress, 
even if the statutes say they must be kept secret. Any member of Congress can take this stuff and go to the floor of the House of Representatives and reveal it with impunity. I don't know if you remember about four years ago when Senator Feinstein, the same Senator Feinstein involved in this uh, Dr. Ford allegation against uh, Judge Kavanaugh, went to the floor of the Senate and revealed 6,000 pages of evidence of torture uh, conducted by the uh, Bush administration. This occurred during the Obama administration. President Obama didn't want it revealed. The CIA didn't want it revealed. The Republicans didn't want it revealed. The Democrats didn't want it revealed. Half of it was classified. She revealed it anyway. But because she revealed it on the floor of the Senate, she was absolutely protected from any legal reprisal. The same thing could happen with these FISA documents, even though they are still protected by statutes that preserve uh, secrecy. Any member of Congress who gets his or her hands on them can go to the floor of the House of Representatives and release them. Again, I don't know how this one's going to end either. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, uh, if the president, and if the president orders documents about himself released right. in order to interfere with the investigation of himself, we are back to an obstruction of justice investigation. Wow. Well, this will be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Some of us are very glad he's doing it, but I know that, it, I guess you're pointing out, it could be fraught with trouble uh, on the other side. So we'll see how it all works out. Well, yes. I mean, there are some of these documents uh, reflect uh, evidence acquired by members of the intelligence community who risked their lives to acquire it. Yeah. One of the promises they are given when they take this job is, don't worry, nobody will ever know you're doing this. You know, <laughs> right. intelligence acquisition is dirty work. I don't think these people will take too kindly to their names or methods being made public for political reasons. Yeah, right. Well, uh, Judge Baltano, thank you. And I, I guess there's not going to be any... Uh uh, weekend at the farm for you? Will there be? You're... I don't think. I don't think so. Not this weekend. All right, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your time with us. As always, you're the best, and and have a good weekend. Even though it's going to be busy for you, my friend. Thank you. All, all the best, Jamie. Until you next week. All right. At Judge Knapp, JudgeNapp dot com is where you're going to be able to find them as well. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're going to be where we are right now, folks. That's how the hearing is going to unfold. You're listening to Men Without Hats, and you're going to see a lot of Republicans without balls when this hearing starts on Monday because they can't do anything. They can't. Judges admitted as much that these guys have our vice grip. They can't, in this day and age, they can't conduct the line of questioning, in my opinion, that ultimately is going to be fair to both parties for that matter but oh well a lot of questions to ask so check this out we better get uh, James Hawkins in here from Golden Oak Lending because otherwise look at this guy look at this man people James Hawkins the president of Golden Oak Lending is in the house and look at this guy man he is, he is one of the best-dressed guys in town, I got to tell you. And he just happens to be the president of Golden Oak Lending, and Golden Oak Lending just happens to be the awesome, legendary organization, lender, in the country, by the way, that has stepped up to support Radio Free Allman. And I got to tell you, I hope people are showing you the love because... Uh, that's what you guys deserve. Hi there, buddy. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you too. Let me let me turn my Men with House hats down a little bit. This is from our generation, you know that, right? 
You didn't warn me in advance of the heat here. I know, man. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have been so nicely I, dressed. <laughs> I know. I, I should have actually. Uh, I should have actually given you a heads up that. Um, the air conditioning is broken. I should have like I, I was envisioning this, and all I and I, I and it was the one day I decided to wear long pants, and you've got an awesome three piece suit on, and so <laughs> here let me move this fan over to you. No, it's all good. It's good. It's nice that it's early in the morning still. All right, folks. Uh, I I remember talking to James and and his team out there, and I was talking to these guys, and I said, you know, I appreciate you guys supporting Radio Free Almond, and a lot of it has to do with not only the fact that you're a great company, but you have such a legendary status in town here. Uh, we hear lenders come and go, and they pop up shop, they open up shop, they, and then they disappear all of a sudden. Or there are people who are from someplace else, uh, and you found them on the internet or whatever, and, and, there's, and there's a lot of impersonality. Uh, but St. Louis and Golden Oak Lending are like two peas in a pod. They go hand in hand, and there is certainly a level of history here and a pedigree that I support and I appreciate. And so as I said, I'll tell you one thing. If I just get you guys on with me, uh, it'll be such a privilege and an honor to have the name Golden Oak Lending associated with Radio Free Almond. So I appreciate that, buddy. Oh, we're happy to be a part of the show. As a matter of fact, that's a big thing at Golden Oak Lending. We want to be a part of the community. We're not just one and done, do the loan and get out. We want to be your mortgage company for life. So we're not only doing your loan, we're doing your brother's loan, we're doing your sister, your family, your referrals. And we do almost 50% of our business is repeat customer and referrals. That's great. That's great. Now, uh, when you guys established your business model, so to speak, uh, you, you, you made sure that everything's done in-house. So you're not shoveling, you're not, because let's put, face it, when you do refinancing and you do uh, home loans and things like that, uh, as a, as a person, you're exposed. You have your, all your personal information's out there, and everything is every, everybody's looking at it. So there's a there's a there's a sense of safety, security, and comfort by having kind of everything in house. Correct? Sure. The, the national companies that you go through are going to have a maybe an office in San Diego, and they're going to have one in Ohio, and they're going to be shipping your paperwork around to different places. We don't do that. We have everything right here in house. So the processing, the underwriting, the closing. It's all done right here, and you're only going to talk to one loan officer. So we're not going to pass you to uh, another contact where you have to explain your story again. You're going to call in. You're going to get one point of contact, and that's your person through the whole process. And you and and they are senior of, uh, loan officers. Oh, you, you, you're elevated. You, you're you kind of uh, there's almost like an apprentice program there because you've got guys who are the senior guys, and they're and they're, and they're teaching the younger people too as well. So yeah, absolutely. You know, the big thing right now is is we all know interest rates are up. So what a lot of people think is, I did a loan two years ago, and rates are higher now, therefore, I can't save any money. But that's not true. And that's why we have those senior level loan officers that can take a look at your entire financial situation. And they can say, yes, you know what, I can actually save you $850 a month. And people are like, well, wait a minute, I, I heard rates went up. So I don't think I could save any money. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah, right. So that's why we want those high-level person, you know, that high-level touch with a, a senior loan officer who's really an expert at, at saving you money. Right. And, and interestingly enough, people are wondering, like, how much am I going to have to put out? But you guys say there aren't any out-of-pocket expenses here. No. We, as a matter of fact, in a refinance, there's no out-of-pocket costs. And we're going to take the risk for you. So when you call us, we're not going to charge you up front for an appraisal. And if for any reason at all your loan doesn't close... We're going to pay for that appraisal for you. So 
no risk at all. You call us. We'll tell you if we can save you money. If we can't, we'll tell you how to maybe come back in six months, and we can save you money then. Right. That's where the mortgage checkup thing comes, mm-hmm. comes in, and you guys go ahead and do that for nothing. Absolutely. And, and if you become a client of ours, we put you into a database, and we contact you every six months, every year, and we make sure if there's any opportunity for you to save money, we're going to let you know. 567-GOLD, 567-4653. And, and, and that's important when you say we, we tell you that if we can save you money, go ahead. Uh, and if we can't, then come back in three months or whatever. Now, there are not a lot of organizations who will be necessarily that honest. I mean, they'll go ahead and, and take you. Right. right. Well, they're looking for the one shot. We need to make money today. And again, as, as we talked about, we want to be a part of the community. We want to be, if you think about doing a mortgage, you think about Golden Oak Lending. Right. So whether it's today, it's tomorrow, we're not in it just for, hey, we're, we've got to nail you today for a big fee. No, we'll, we'd rather have your business for life. And we'll be honest with you and tell you, hey, you're going to save money or if you're not going to save money, You'll call us again in the future because you know we're honest with you. Yeah, love it. And, and keep in mind, talk about putting your money where your mouth is. So uh, James Hawkins, president of Gold Oak Lending, uh, goldnotelending.com, comes in. He's in a three-piece suit, right? Uh, now, on the radio, you'd think, okay, well, it's, it's 7.30 in the morning. Uh, maybe I just, I'm, I'm James Hawkins. I can just put on some jeans and whatever and come on in. But that's not the vibe of Golden Oak Lending, which I was very impressed by when I, I was like, thank the Lord, I wore shoes instead of flip-flops when I came to meet James Hawkins. Because I walk in there, there he is in his three-piece suit. Everybody at Golden Oak Lending who works there is always dressed perfectly. I'm I'm talking about to the top level because it's to them it's a sign of respect. It's a sign that they are ready for you, that they're pros. And so there's – and I think that's a measure of a culture, I think, that is really important and means a lot to people. Well, we we treat this as the biggest financial transaction you'll ever do in your life. And it really is for most people. So we want you to know we're serious about it. We're professional – but you can come any way you want. So you come <laughs> yeah, in your flip-flops, right. <laughs> come right. on in. You don't have to be dressed up to come in, sign the paperwork. Or we can do most of it across email, across um, our website. We have 24-7 chat. So if you want to go on there at midnight, ask some questions, you can do that. You know, We're going to do business the way that you want to do it. But we are going to take it very serious because we know it's a big transaction for you. Yeah, most definitely. And now the rates right now, are they in the, they're in the threes still? Or? Yes. Okay. And are, is there a sign at all that they're going to be going up? How, how are you guys looking at this? The Fed's already announced they're going to raise the rates at least a couple more times this year. So we know they're going up. So that's why we're encouraging people. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a free mortgage checkup. You don't pay for the appraisal up front. Call today and find out or go on on our website and find out if you can save money before interest rates go up. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this because I play this every morning uh, religiously. And uh, do you and Ben Turek, uh, you guys have fun doing this, don't oh, you? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play this anyway because you, you guys have heard this. Now, Ben Turek is the guy uh, with the Turek agency, and, and he's kind of the, the, the marketing guy whatever. But that's his voice, and Ben is a, a great guy. And uh, I had lunch with you guys, uh, but – I think I want to have some beers with you guys, too, at some point. You know, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know that. Here we go. Listen to this. Has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash, and you pay nothing out of pocket. People often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money. This is James Hawkins from Golden Oak Lending. With our expertise and today's increased home values, we can usually save you money. Call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Call 567-GOLD. So when Ben said, you know, listen, I'll take the lead. I'll do the, I'll do the voice on this. You were like more than happy because now, of course, it becomes almost legendary, this whole right. configuration you guys have. Yeah, no, Ben's awesome. He's, uh, he's been with us since the start, and uh, it's almost like we're having a conversation when you hear us on the radio. It's yeah, very smooth. It definitely is, and, and, and Ben is a great guy. And I can't thank you guys enough for supporting this show. It's a, it's a big deal, and, and I guarantee you uh, that my people are going to uh, thank you double time for, for all your support of the show because we're rocking. We've got listener after listener here and uh and they trust you guys and they, and they certainly appreciate you supporting common sense radio that's for sure well we appreciate you and i do want to mention one last yeah. thing we just rolled out a, a new thing that if most companies when you call to get cash out they can go up to 85 percent golden oak lending is now offering 95 percent so it's a really big deal because you can get 10 percent more cash out on your house so if you're looking to do a a, a, re, a renovation or, or a remodel of your basement any of those things you can get 10 percent more with golden oak lending. that's a lot now how does that work because is there was there a cap do other people just not want to go there or exactly okay. there's a cap at 85 percent normally when you do these loans we've raised that to 95 percent that we can get you so you know on a two hundred thousand dollar value on your home you're talking about an extra twenty thousand dollars that you can get through golden oak lending wow and that's and that's really cool too because i don't know whether i've mentioned this before when i've talked about this and i've, I've done just kind of I've talked about them in, in, in some of the ads and things like that. But it's pretty cool that there are three gigantic lenders in, in the country, and Golden Oak Lending is one of the three, which is pretty amazing. And so, so I wouldn't – and why would you not then go to somebody who's at your doorstep and who does the more 10% more and, and, and who dress up for you and, you, and, 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 and they know the neighborhood where you live in uh, backwards and forwards. I don't know why you wouldn't just go to – if you're one of the top three, I'd go to the one that's the hometown one. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, we're here in your community. We're, that's what we want to be is your mortgage company for life. James Hawkins, thanks so much for sweating through uh, this with us. Uh, I appreciate you coming down. And that's another thing, too. You know, we had the option, you know, you always have the option of doing uh, phone interviews and that kind of thing. And some people want to do the phone interviews. That's not the Golden Oak lending way. That's not James Hawkins style. He wants to be here. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to see him in person. And that's just a great vibe. That's, that's a mark of a great culture and a great company. GoldenOakLending.com, 567-GOLD, 4653, 567-4653-or-567-GOLD. Uh, so, buddy, thanks a ton. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. James Hawkins with Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com. Yeah, there was, so I go to meet these guys, and, and, and this is very important to me, this, getting them on the show with me, so. You guys know how I am when I'm on the show here, right? Uh. I'm generally just kind of very casual, and I just kind of dress the way I want to. And so it's James Hawkins and and Sean Curtis. And and I don't know why it occurred to me that, you know, maybe I won't wear a ball cap this time, and maybe I won't wear my flip-flops like I normally do when I meet up with people. And boy, did I make the right call there. I was still way underdressed. But nonetheless, you can be underdressed to see these guys. But one thing is for sure, they will not be underdressed when you go to see them. And that's because they're pros. That's because they care a lot about you. 
and they want you to know you can trust them and that they're going to pull out all the stops for you. That's just a, uh, and, and wearing a tie or wearing a beautiful dress or whatever, uh, that's just the beginning of them pulling out all the stops for you and, and treating you with respect at Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com, 567-GOLD, y'all. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, what's great about this show, too, is that we really don't take breaks. So I'm not, I can't walk and I can't just go out and say goodbye to these guys. But thanks, gentlemen. You're the best. Oh, you brought the whole crew with you, huh? All right. And they're all dressed up, too, folks. Hey, can you guys do, can you guys come out here for a second, all of you? I want if you guys could stand in front of the camera. Right there. Listen, these are these are the guys from Golden Oak. Here, look at these guys. How you doing, Jamie? I see you. I see you again. Thanks, guys. All right. So that, 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 this is just part of the team there, Golden Oak Lending. I got to tell you, I really so appreciate them and their support because it's kind of like having the, you know, there's there's Coke, there's Pepsi, and there's RC, and there's Vess, and Golden Oak Lending is the Coca-Cola. They're the top. They're the top tier. They're the top line. And they're mine. Radio Free Almond. So, folks, if for all your refi needs, home buying needs, whatever, again, give them a shout. And if, and, and at the very least, maybe call them and thank you for supporting Radio Free Almond. And then just keep them in mind next time when you uh, when you're looking into refining or buying a new home. So I appreciate them very much. I'm really happy to have them. Don't forget, too, that when it comes to your refi needs, let's say you are doing a uh, home improvement and you need a home improvement loan. Well, let's pretend that you are going to take Michael Proctor up on his fabulous nature there with his uh, mobile design unit and all of the uh, great fabrics, all the great window treatments, the curtains, the uh, Roman shades, the woven wood shades, the side panels, everything else. Michael Proctor is your guy. He's your interior designer. He is the guy who's going to pull out all the stops for you. He's got his mobile design. He drives right up to your doorstep. You're not going anywhere. And oftentimes when people are doing this kind of home improvement, what they want is somebody to help them. Tell me what I think, what you think I should have in my house. Just tell me. Because they don't want to how, – how, how often, how much of a drudge is it for you to go to Home Depot, start looking at all these fabrics and things. You bring home the little things. You got to wait till your wife or your husband come home uh, from whatever they're doing. And then you say, what do you think, honey? I don't like it. Oh, darn. And then you got to go back. You know, it's like, you know, it's just – you want somebody to come into your house and take control, take charge and say, hey, this is what I think you need. And then if you don't like it, it's fine. But oftentimes you're wowed. I'm always wowed by Michael Proctor. Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com for all of your window treatment needs. All right? That's just uh, the way it's going to roll, people. All right. Did you see, by the way, uh, Barbara Boxer, who was interviewed on MSNBC, and if you want to get a sense of basically how this whole hearing thing is going to go Monday and Tuesday, all you need to do is check out Barbara Boxer because they are not only going to attempt to relive the Anita Hill hearings, they're going to wildly attempt to get a different outcome. They're not going to let, if they can help it, Kavanaugh break through. This woman, if she's not telling the truth, is going to have to make a significant blunder on her own. 
There, as the judge pointed out, and as I pointed out, these people are not going to question her with any kind of veracity whatsoever. Flake, his balls are in the grip of about 100 different people there on Capitol Hill. He's a total pansy. He won't ask any tough questions. And the others uh, who are around during the Anita Hill time aren't going aren't gonna, to – they're, they're going to have their – uh, balls cut off, and so you, and and certainly none of the Democrats are going to ask any tough questions because they just can't have this. Even though the bottom line is, Kavanaugh goes, there's another one coming. It doesn't matter, and 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 the, and the Democrats aren't going to take over the U.S. Senate. It just is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This, the Democrats are not taking over the Senate. So their hopes of delaying this through the midterms or whatever, it do, it's not going to matter. There's going to be another conservative justice coming down the pike. And, 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 and it's just we're just going to do this all over again. And so I don't know what they're thinking, what they're hoping for, whether or not they're just trying to use this as political leverage going into the midterms. You know, that, hey, uh, stay with us, stick with us, keep sending us money because this is what we're going to do for you and blah, 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 blah. And so that's how that's going to work. So the Democrats aren't going to ask any tough questions. They want this thing to play out this way. The only thing that's really uh, important here for you to remember is this is a guy's life right now. This is, a, this is a guy's future. This is a man who stands to lose everything. And when I say lose everything, uh, he will lose everything uh, because you can't be not fit to be in the, on the Supreme Court and also still be fit to be on the, uh, on the Court of Appeals because that's, that's where he is. He's, he, he, if, you, if you're not fit to be on the first the highest court in the land, you're not going to be fit to be on the second highest court in the land. It doesn't work that way. So these individuals, if they want to go ahead and say that this Kavanaugh is an attempted rapist, they got to say that all day long and remove him from his seat. And that's the problem that we're going to have right now. What kind of questions should she, she, she be asked uh, publicly? Well, uh, I, I, I'm hoping maybe even Susan Collins or somebody might ask these tough questions. But she needs to, she's making allegations that are very, very serious. And while she must be heard, she also must be asked tough questions. She has to be asked, for instance, why didn't you report this? You say that you thought maybe you were going to even be murdered. Why didn't you report this when it happened? Her answer might be, well, I didn't want my parents to know, and this is apparently what she's already said, I didn't want my parents to know that I was a party that involved drinking. My second question then will be, okay, or third question, I can't, can't keep track. Uh, okay, so you were at a party where there was drinking. Were you drinking? And her answer, I guess, will be yes, unless uh, she, you know, it's interesting. She chose the words she chose when she said, I didn't want to be at a party where there was drinking. She didn't say where I was drinking or I didn't want my parents to know I was drinking or whatever. She never said that. But I would ask her, I said, so uh, were, uh, were you drinking? And she might say yes. And I would say, okay, how much did you have to drink? And she might say, I don't remember. I'm like, okay, why don't you remember how much you had to drink, but you remember specifically the name of the person who was attacking you? She'd say, well, there are only four people there. But still, if you can't remember how much you had to drink, 
how is it that you remember so many of these details about what happened? Is there a chance that you were drinking enough to the point where maybe some of your recollection of what happened uh, wasn't really uh, there? Maybe there's maybe you don't remember who actually was attacking you. Is that correct? No, I do. I know. And I, how do you know that was him? What what on what basis did you know that that was him? Well, because blah 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 blah. Now Brett Kavanaugh says he wasn't even there. He says, I wasn't even at this th- thing she's talking about. This is a complete crock of crap. At that point, you got to get to, okay, so how do you know that it was him? Because at, at first, when you've been talking about this all day long, you've been talking about it was uh, some boys from a, a, an elitist boys' school. By the way, you say that they attempted to rape you. You thought you were going to uh, even get murdered. Uh, why didn't you at least go to the school and report this at the time since you actually knew who the people were? I mean, it wasn't like you were broad brushing all these boys. You knew who it was. Why wouldn't you go at that point, even if you didn't want to tell your parents you were you were at a party that involved drinking? By the way, that's a pretty flimsy excuse when somebody is claiming uh, that to have been traumatized for 36 years of her life. That's a pretty flimsy excuse to say, well, I just didn't want to say anything because I didn't want my parents to know I was at a party that involved drinking. And see, at that point, I go, uh, that's interesting because you would think that if it's, if it's enough for you to have not only sought marriage counseling because you were traumatized, if it was enough for you to actually come forward 36 years after this happened on the eve of a confirmation vote for the Supreme Court, it's interesting how you didn't consider this important enough moments after it happened, that you didn't consider this important enough a day after it happened. Why? And, and, it, and, and, and that's not unfair questioning. That's you asking, like, what what... What's, what's the deal here? My other question would be, okay, so what is the nature of your marriage counseling sessions? Why did you go? And I don't know, I don't know what she'll say. Who knows? Because let me, let's put it this way. Uh, let's, I'll, I'll ask, I would ask her, I say, so, so was, who suggested the marriage counseling? Did you or did your husband? Was this a result of something that happened in your marriage? And I'd ask her that. What happened in your marriage? And if she would say, well, I don't know, I did this, I did this. Because oftentimes there are individuals who when they're in a pinch and something is a problem for them, they'll tend to try to make things up because they can't face up to whatever issues they might be having or they can't face up to, oh, let's say being caught doing something they shouldn't be doing. Now, at this point, you have already a woman who the first time that she was, listen to this, okay? Listen to me, people. Listen. You have a woman who when she was in the middle of an attempted rape or afterwards and who thought she was going to be murdered, who didn't want to tell her parents what happened because of the fear that uh, she would be in trouble for being at a party where she was drinking. First of all, that's implausible that something that traumatic could be trumped by something so meaningless as worried about your parents being mad at you. 
But this is a woman who's already shown that she has a certain level of trepidation about things and will cover up an attempted rape and, in her mind, even a near murder just to avoid getting into trouble by her parents. Does that sound like a credible person to you? A person who now says, is accusing a, a, a man of, of a very serious crime, attempted rape, and she felt like she was going to be murdered. That's what she said. She felt like there was a chance that she'd be killed. And yet it wasn't serious enough for her to tell her parents because she was afraid she'd get in trouble for being at a party where there was drinking. Does that, does that sound like somebody who has been uh, traumatized or what have you? Now, I guess technically, you know, there are a lot of people who have been attacked and who don't tell and, and, and don't come forward. I understand that. I get it. But I'm just talking about the line of questioning that needs to happen for this thing to be a fair hearing, for this to be a fair situation regarding a guy who stands to lose everything. As I said before, uh, there, there, the, uh, Kavanaugh cannot be – if he cannot be on the highest court in the land, he sure as hell cannot be on the second highest court in the land. If, if, if this, because uh, uh, in order to not confirm him, you have to believe he attempted to rape this woman. That's, that's, you, you can't just kind of think that maybe he kind of did. You, you have to believe that he, that he attempted to rape her in order for you not to confirm him and not vote him out. You have to believe that he attempted to rape her. And if you indeed believe that he attempted to rape her, then he cannot be a judge at all. So you're about to ruin this guy's life if things turn out to be a certain situation. And so the questioning needs to be asked. Uh, this questioning needs to be asked. This needs to be direct, precise. And somebody with balls needs to talk to her openly. But as the judge pointed out, and this was very disappointing, not, not, because, not, not uh, because I disagree with the judge, but it was very disappointing to hear the judge say there's no way they're going to question her the way they questioned Anita Hill. They're not going to. They're not going to redo this. They've already been on put on notice by the news media, uh, be, be, because because they want to, uh, like for instance, NBC when they did this story, uh, you could you damn well sure they're not going to. They 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 put everybody on notice. You better not do to Doctor Ford what you did to Anita Hill. That's for Many sure. Many Americans may be thinking, we've seen this movie before, thinking back to the name Anita Hill and her own 11th hour bombshell that nearly derailed another Supreme Court nominee decades ago. The circumstance is different, but some of the underlying issues may be relevant. Our Andrea Mitchell explains. The parallel. Yeah, yeah, explain it to us, will you, Andrea? Are eerie. A female college professor reluctant to publicly accuse a powerful man nominated for the Supreme Court. But, but, but she's insinuating that Dr. Ford didn't come forward because she was a little reluctant to accuse a powerful man. For 36 years? For 36 years? I love the, the, the term powerful man, too. It's like uh, that's, that's fraught with code. You talk about a dog whistle. You know, it automatically assumes... That she's in a weaker spot than, than he is when, when actually he has no power over her at all. 
in, in any way, shape, or form. She's a 36-year-old, or uh, 36 years ago, and then now she's a college professor. He's a judge someplace. And not one time did she ever bring this up. And even, and even in the therapist session, she never named him. Two guys, and, and again, I, as I said before, that's not necessarily, you know, uh, that's not necessarily mean she, she's not telling the truth because she didn't name him. I don't even know what the circumstances were surrounding this discussion that, that she had with her therapist. I know that the therapist took notes, but I don't know how much they delved into the names of the people. Apparently, this was just kind of a thing that happened to her. Uh, but, 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 the, but there was enough detail that the therapist said there were four guys in the room. So, that, so they had to have talked t- to some degree about, about some details here, correct? I mean, if, 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 either they didn't talk about any details or they talked about a lot of them. But apparently they talked enough that there were four guys in the room. So she talked about this. And, and, and let's put it this way. You know of a guy, you know one guy who attempted to rape you and you felt that that guy was going to murder you. You don't think you're tracking that guy's life, that guy's career for 36 years? You don't, you don't think you're paying attention to where that guy is and what's going on? Judge Kavanaugh was on the second highest court in the land. It still is, actually. He's on the second highest court in the Court of Appeals. That pretty big-ass job. I mean, I know I didn't – I've never heard – I never heard of him before all this, but uh, – but nonetheless, it's a pretty big job for a guy who attempted to rape you and you felt was going to kill you. You'd be kind of tracking that dude, I would think. But she never mentioned his name in this therapist session. But again, uh, there's a possibility it wasn't necessary. And I, and I get that. So let me ask you this, though. We keep hearing about the polygraph test. Oh, she took a polygraph test. Oh, OK. Has anybody... Asked about this polygraph test? Well, I'm on this committee. She's in front of me. I'd say, when did you take the polygraph test? Well, no, what should I do? What else should I ask first? Why did you take the polygraph test? I'll do, I'll do that one. No, no, I'll say, when did you take the polygraph test first? When did you take the polygraph test? And let me tell you something. I guarantee you it was in, within the past six weeks. Why? Because otherwise, then I would. My, that's my second question. Why did you take the polygraph test? Why? Why did you take the polygraph test? Why did you take a polygraph test? And I guarantee you that when she came forward, Diane Feinberg said, "Honey, you need to take a polygraph test if we're going to make this happen. You need to take a polygraph test." My lawyer, Myron, will call you. That's probably how it all went down. Because otherwise, why would you take a polygraph test? And what circumstances uh, was the polygraph test taken? Well, who, who did this test? What questions were asked? What, was, it even, was it even asked in the polygraph test whether it was Brett Kavanaugh who attempted to... Re- did did why did the did the person who asked who conducted the polygraph test ever say, um, did Brett Kavanaugh attempt to rape you? 
Was that question asked in the polygraph test? And, and, and what, by the way, how is it possible that we keep on hearing about the polygraph test, but we don't know, and, and no reporter, Andrea Mitchell or anybody else, is bothering to, uh, to ask in any way, shape, or form about the polygraph test. Because every pundit out there, everybody else is like, she, she took a polygraph test. She took a polygraph test. She took a polygraph test. Like a bunch of parrots out there. And even the media is like, she took a polygraph test. She took a polygraph test. Like, what? When was the last time you took a polygraph test? I'd never have taken one. Why? Why? Well, because I didn't have a reason to. Why did she? Why did she take a polygraph test? Is that why it took Feinberg six weeks? Between the time she knew about all this and, and tried to get the FBI involved? Why, let me ask you this. I want to know, but why are we, why doesn't anybody else want to know? I know you all want to know. But, 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 but why doesn't anybody else want to know? I'm talking about like important people, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, like news people who we're all hearing from. Uh, or 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 uh, when or Barbara Boxer, what did they want to know? Will these questions be asked? Probably not. Will we ever get to the bottom of what's going on? Probably not. We're just going to uh, to see this going on, and 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 uh, Jeff Flake with his balls in the hands of every Democrat and Republican out there. He's not going to. You can't rely on him. Jeff Flake must have this. Kavanaugh confirmation go right down the crapper. He must have this happen. Jeff Flake has been humiliated. This this beta male has has is is a is a shadow of his former self. He couldn't even run again. He was so tarnished and debilitated by uh, the alpha dog. He he he's the Mitt Romney of the U.S. Senate. And and, uh, and 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 actually, Romney, when he becomes a U.S. senator, will be just another Jeff Flake. Believe me, Romney's gonna Romney's gonna get his back. Believe me, he's gonna have his own form of revenge. The beta males always want to do stuff like that. So, uh, so you have Flake, who who must have this confirmation tanked. It has to be his last hurrah. He's got another month in office. And he's sniffing around, and you know that he needs this to go south. He must have this go south. So you can't rely on Jeff Flake to do anything. Lindsey Graham? I don't know. I don't think Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is one of those guys who will just stand there and and watch things burn. That's kind of the way I look at Lindsey Graham. No different than a John McCain. Lindsey, Lindsey Graham needs to amass power. And, and he needs to uh, he needs to have he needs to amass a level of power that he doesn't have otherwise, and so this is his power. So he he he'll let this thing go. Cornyn, maybe Texas, yeah, maybe. But these guys, even as the judge pointed out, and you can listen to the interview back, uh, he he uh, these guys are are everybody's watching them. All the Me Too people, all the media, they're all watching these guys. And these guys are scared going into this hearing. 
This is this seemingly seems to be a no-win situation unless Dr. Ford, if she indeed is lying, uh, blunders herself. That's the that's the only way this is gonna this is gonna go. But again, I, I feel bad uh, because uh, uh, I don't want Kavanaugh to go away. Uh, I, I I don't think this whole thing has been fairly dealt with. But in the end, if the Democrats think that this is going to save them from another, uh, uh, save them in, in the Supreme Court world, it's not. They're not going to overtake the Senate. Uh, they're, they're not. They're not going to take control of the Senate. And so there will be just another one down the pike who will come by, and uh, who will uh, who will basically just. Uh, be another conservative, but I but I feel bad for Kavanaugh because this is this is a this is to me uh, a lynching. If 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 I look at it from from what I'm seeing right now, it's it's going to be a lynching. And again, if this really happened to this woman, I, I want everybody to know. I want I want to know what the truth is. But my my sense is we're not really going to get to the truth. That's the only problem. Yeah, well, I'm just a little about the worried about Monday and Tuesday. It really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I know, baby. You mean a lot to me. I know, baby. I really mean that much to you. Yeah, baby. Girl, you know it's true. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it too soon to talk about what we are all drinking in college? I'm, I, I, that doesn't mean I support rape or anything. I, I don't. But that would be one of the questions I would ask at the hearing. What were you drinking? Were you drinking Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill? Or was it a... Uh, was it Wapa, Wapatui? Wapatuli? In college, we would drink uh, Wapatuli. And I don't know whether you know what Wapatuli is, but Wapatuli is a uh, is like it's like Kool Aid, and you have uh, like grain alcohol in it. <laughs> I don't know what the difference between grain alcohol and and like vodka is, but but it is uh, it's like just grain alcohol, so you can't even really taste the alcohol in it and the wapatulis in a big tub and we we would drink that and it didn't take long for 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 your mind to be erased the big mind eraser known as wapatuli do you guys have that in school and wapatuli was the kind of stuff that you know it wasn't like drinking like some people would drink like southern comfort or Stuff like that. Yeah, Emily, it's jungle juice. That's right. Jungle juice. That's what that is. Because we, what you do is you had to have some kind of, uh, some kind of direct alcohol delivery system because it was too much work to drink things like Southern Comforts because you, you, you can't drink enough of it. Because it's disgusting, first of all. And secondly, you'd never forget it. That's the problem. With Wapatuli, you might as well just have had an IV, you know, because you just—it didn't even—it didn't. There's no—you didn't wake up with a taste, except for maybe the the grape Kool Aid it was in. But that was about it. 
Beer, beer was okay, but it just you couldn't drink enough of it fast enough. That's the problem with beer. So we went directly to the uh, to the source on that one. But I would ask her, what did you drink that night? Do you remember? I don't remember. Huh. You don't remember a lot about that night, but you remember one thing for sure, right? And I, I would just start to kind of poke at that, figure that out, and work on that a little bit. Have you seen this? Uh, I love Billy Vanilli. Whatever happened to the guys who actually sang this? Did they are they around anywhere? Like, where, where's the guy who sang? They like they lip sync something, but how, where's the guy that actually sang this? Where's he? Why isn't he famous? What if he's just blaming it on the rain? Uh, you think he's blaming it on the rain, everybody? Oh, I love these guys. I actually have this album. Because I didn't care that they lip-synced. I really didn't. I, I, the more fake, the better. Because it sounds good, so I don't care whether you're, I don't care whether it's you singing it or somebody else singing it. That's why I don't mind... Uh, yeah, I know, Connie. One of them did. Rob Pilatus, I think. That's the guy who did that. Yeah, I know. It's horrible, though. But I didn't care whether they were... Just give me the music. Those guys lip sync. I'm like, so what? Just keep the music playing. It's kind of like why I like, uh, I don't mind guys using steroids in baseball. Because watching people hit home runs is fun. And watching them hit a lot of home runs is even more fun. So steroid yourself away. Keep Congress out of it. I know you're probably saying, I mean, that doesn't make me really very uh, moral or ethical. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I like Mark McGuire. Think about the guys who did steroids but then couldn't hit. I always maintain you still have to see the ball. You still have to see the ball. It's hard to hit a baseball. I've given you this speech before. I don't mean to be repeating myself. It, it, but it's it, it's hard to hit a baseball, people. That's why you can get into the Hall of Fame hitting only three out of ten of them. That that's why only three out of ten. It's a three hundred average. That's a good. That's a damn good. Well, four out of ten is amazing. It's hard to hit a baseball. So, did you guys see this though? This is really crazy. The networks. I don't know whether you know and you and you're using and you're choosing and you're you got to pay attention to the language they use. But President Trump is kind of the the person who was at the lead end of the uh, midterm elections. And TV news and the TV news guys all tend to use certain language and certain things like that that are designed to editorialize, but they're masking their editorializing. So you've got, like, um, fuming, outrage, tirades, lashing out, those kinds of things. And and those are all associated with President Trump, uh, routinely in the news. You want to you hear an example of that, how, how, how these reporters... 
and these anchors use pejorative language. It's kind of like when they say that somebody, like when the Republican was attacked, for instance, uh, by that crazy left-wing loon, even though the police arrested the guy and we saw pictures of him walking into a courtroom in an orange jumpsuit, okay? The reporter in the story still used the term claimed when when the Republican made a statement about getting attacked. He claims blah, blah, blah. He claims la, la, la. And when they use that type of language, they're kind of trying to cast a certain level of doubt. Like, for instance, when they talk about Dr. Ford, how many times have you heard the word claim associated with what she has to say? You hear says, insists, right? Says, insists, reports, but you never hear the word claim associated with her allegations. You're lucky to even hear allegations, but nonetheless, you don't, but you don't hear that. So language is important and choice of words is vitally important and dead giveaways as to the intentions of, uh, of, of the reporter. So keep in mind, and, and, and if, you can, if you found a place where there was any kind of, uh, oh, what happened? I took me off for this? <laughs> How'd they take me off for this? Uh, by the way, how is it that Facebook will take me off for fake music? They weren't even really singing, these guys. So, uh, Milli Vanilli, that was somebody else singing, and they still took me off for that. I, I thought I was talking over it sufficiently enough, but I guess not. I should have known. I went one, one song too deep. I should have just taken the one song... And then I didn't go, and I and I went ahead and and went to uh, went to the uh, went to the blame it on the rain, the second Milli Vanilli song. But let me ask you this, you people on the stream, if you're still on the stream, that doesn't make any sense, does it, for me to be pulled off for playing a song, a, a Milli Vanilli song, when it really actually wasn't Milli Vanilli. Go figure that out. How twisted is that? I'm playing a Millie Vanilli song, but it's not really Millie Vanilli. And they still took me off for it. Okay, back on now. Hang on. Get back on here for a second. Yeah. I'll I'll wait till some people get popped back up on the on the Facebook uh, thing. Sorry about that, people. That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. That ain't right. Doesn't seem right to me. What is that? Oh, that was the door. I'm looking at the tape, so we're kind of delayed. I was like, what is that light coming in here? What is that? There's, there's a light. Oh, that was Matt coming through the door. Okay. I'm sorry. The heat is starting to get to me. I'm starting to get uh, malaria from all the mosquitoes in here. So I'm, 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 I know I'm, I'm getting, I'm hallucinating. It's so hot. It's, it's hot and hurt. I'd play hot in her, but I'd probably get pulled off from Facebook for that, too. But let me ask you this. I'll, I'll ask this question. I've already asked on the stream. I'll ask you who are on the Facebook page. How is it possible that I play a song by Millie Vanilli, 
but it's not really Milli Vanilli singing. It's somebody else singing, and I still get pulled off for playing music that really isn't the music that they're pulling me off for. Like I could say to the say to the Facebook people, that was not Milli Vanilli. So how'd you pull me off for playing a Milli Vanilli song? Because it wasn't them. How do you do that? It's very confusing. All right. Was I talking the whole time? I was talking the whole time, Lisa. I was trying to talk over it. I knew what I was. But, you know, the problem is I, I went one song too far. I did the, uh, the uh, girl, you know it's true. And then I went to blame it on the rain. And that was way too much for the algorithm police. Thank you, by the way, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. And I'll get to this, uh, this um, word usage stuff on the, on the news for, in just a second. Uh, don't forget, 27th. I think we've decided that it was going to be 5 o'clock, and it's going to be, obviously, at Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there off of Vogel Road in Arnold. We're going to have the County Brown Barbecue guys there, and they're going to be making some barbecue, 10 bucks a plate. We're raising money for the Backstoppers program, and so the County Brown guys, Brett Steinkrupp, all the rest of the guys, they all do, uh, Steinhoff, they all do great Work so we're going to have some pulled pork and plate and, and sides and ten bucks a plate. It's all going to go for a good cause to the county brown guys. We're also going to have glazers distributors there, and they're going to be giving us a little bit of a pour of a taste of uh, some uh, whiskeys and bourbons and things like that. That's going to be a little uh, great time. We're going to have a tasting down there, and of course, we're also going to uh, have a. Um, uh, a ton of fun just hanging out for the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. That is next Thursday, the 27th, and that is uh, where we are going to be. So I appreciate you guys and all your support, and see you there on the 27th. Also, thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME for the lowest premiums and the uh, lowest deductibles that you're going to find anywhere in the land at the same time on your car, your home, and and he also has life insurance policies for you as well. I've hooked up with all three, with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, uh, 855-QUOTE-ME. And let me ask you this, though. Uh, Kathy is just on here now saying that there's it's unclear if the accuser will now appear before the Senate panel. Now, that would be very disturbing, uh, because this is what we thought was going to happen, that we were going to have a hearing on this matter, and it was going to be Monday and Tuesday. So we're trying to figure out uh, what's going to happen here. Uh, is she actually going to be in front of a committee? And here's the problem uh, with, with this situation here, uh, and, and, and this is the issue is that they could say, well, no, we, we don't want her to testify because it would not be fair to her. She is a, uh, uh, she's, she's a victim, and we don't do this to, to, to sexual assault victims. We don't put them on trial again. And so uh, we don't – so they have that plausible deniability, that ability just to kind of say, never mind, we're not doing this uh, because we don't want to put her through the rigors of testimony like this. Keep in mind her lawyer, uh, a lawyer, was on, and uh, she was actually uh, on with uh, Allison Camerata. Camerata actually did, uh, did a pretty – interesting little bit uh, with Deborah Katz, who's the attorney for Dr. Ford. And, and Camerata was 
was she's very annoying but she did ask a decent question tell this in her own voice so while we have you perhaps you can help us fill in the blanks on some of her story um she was, says that she was at a party in probably 1982 in Montgomery County, Maryland. She says that there were four guys there. These are high school students, as was she. There were four guys there. Were there any girls there that day? Yes, there was, uh, there was another girl uh, at this party, yes. And has your client spoken to any of those other guys or that girl who could help corroborate her story? She's not. And why not? Is it time to do that? That's... That's not her job to do that. If this is going to be investigated, it should be done by investigators. Huh. Well, I mean, I could see that it's not her job to kind of uh, investigate it, but she is making charges that somebody attempted to rape her and even she was fearing for her life. Wouldn't it be interesting to talk to these other two, because there were two, there is Kavanaugh and the other guy who she claims was helping and egging Kavanaugh on. But where were the other two guys and the girl? Who were they? And surely she knows who they are. So uh, why don't they, why don't we talk to them? Why? Where are they? Where are these people? Who are these people? And why isn't anybody bothering to check them out and, and to talk to them? Kavanaugh says he wasn't even at this party. So uh, he, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to to find them because he says he wasn't even there. All right. He doesn't even wasn't even at this thing she's talking about. So uh, where's the girl? And would you think that this woman who clearly was says she was traumatized and, and says she needs uh, uh, she, she was she was fearing for her life. Wouldn't you think? that she would then enlist somebody to come and, 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 and help her tell her story. Like, for instance, the other girl at the party. Camerata actually did a pretty good job. I was really surprised. Almost gotten into her. She actually did a good job interviewing this woman. I was, I'm, I'm shocked. Isn't that funny when you're shocked that, that, a, that a news anchor actually asks like, legitimate questions of somebody? But she, she did. I think generally people, it seems, at least in some reaches of the media, have been kind of fair. Uh, because, listen, they know that these things uh, are one – of the, one of the interesting elements and twists of all this – is that there's a chance that because we've been so through so many not only real allegations but also false ones that this that actually might aid Kavanaugh in having people uh check a little bit further into details of this cuz right now this woman I'm 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 all I'm I'm again sympathetic to anybody uh who has a uh, who who is traumatized I'm, uh, and, and anybody who believes that they were sexually assaulted, anybody who actually ever feared for their life, I have sympathy for them. But I don't think there's enough information for me from her that legitimizes her claim. I, I just, I just, I, there's just too many questions, too many things surrounding this thing, and I just I don't buy it for a second. But that's just my opinion about it. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just on its face, it doesn't seem right. 
And unfortunately, it doesn't appear that we're going to actually get to the bottom of it because there's so much fear out there among these politicians for crossing somebody and coming across as being unsympathetic to sexually assault victims. This is not a good time to, as Judge Napolitano pointed out, this will not be a rerun of the Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas hearings because they're not going to question Dr. Ford as toughly and rigorously as they question Anita Hill. They're not going to do it. They've already been put on notice. Anyway, back to the word usage. So uh, if you listen to this mashup of uh, the uh, so far this year's coverage of President Trump, they love trying to portray him as some kind of kook and unhinged. And it's all in their language. Take a listen, everybody. Take a listen. Tonight, several developing stories as we come on the air. The president described as volcanic, seething tonight. (laughs) Volcanic. I mean... Who's, who's describing him as volcanic, by the way? And, 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 when, and I know that – by the way, have you ever described anybody as volcanic? I mean, honestly, I know you probably have described somebody as seething, whatever. But have you really ever described anybody as volcanic? I mean, I'm 55 years old. I have never once called anybody volcanic. Maybe you guys have. Before. I don't know. Maybe I'm not – maybe I'm just missing – uh, that language. Matt, when you guys are hanging around, do you ever describe people as volcanic? Never. No, I mean, nobody does. But the news media, <laughs> President Trump is volcanic. Several developing stories as we come on the air. The president described... By the way, dude, blow your nose, will you? For crying out loud, you, sounds like, you, you sound like the uh, Herm, Hermie in, in uh, the dentist in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Blow your nose, dude. Developing stories as we come on the air. The president described as volcanic, seething. I'm sorry, maybe he has a cold. I should have sympathy for people like that. Sources say the president is now angrier. Angry, growing anger. That provoked an angry response from President Trump. It did, David, an angry response in all caps. Outrage from President Trump this weekend. He is still outraged. Seething. Furious. Furious. Trump's furious reaction. David, sources say he's been fuming and he's furious. Trump remains. Guys. Don't put music behind your videos, okay? And if you do put music behind your videos, don't have the music drown the, the words out, okay? I get it that you want to be entertaining and on top of things, but your music is getting in the way of your story here, okay? And by the way, that's not me playing the music. Why do people have to put music under everything? I mean, I like, I like music like the rest of them. But why, when you do videos, some of these guys, like uh, in conservative media, when they do these videos, they're, they're, they're putting music behind them. I can't, I can't even I can't hear anything. He became so enraged that today he fired just off. Just one level. Just notch it down one level. This extraordinary tweet. Trump sent a flurry of frustrated tweets. Unleashing on Twitter. In a furious <laughs> unleashing and infuriated and volcanic extraordinary they love using the word extraordinary that's another word do you guys ever use the word extraordinary in your regular life matt when you guys are hanging around gaslight you can tell that's an extraordinary tune of course not who uses the term extraordinary now i've used the term uh, infuriated i like that because that's that's a good one fear infuriated fury with fury Twitter storm. Barrage of tweets. Tweet storm. As the president was on yet another Twitter tear. The president then unleashed a firestorm of tweets. 
That dude, David Muir, loves the whole firestorm, volcanic firestorm. Have you ever heard? Have you, do you ever use the word firestorm? Matt, when you guys are hanging around Gaslight, do you say something? That was a, all right, it was a firestorm the other day. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, no, he said no. No. You don't use the term firestorm. Do you? Of course not. Unless you're in the media and you, and you want to make, uh, yeah, Scott, it is jitterbug. I don't need to, I don't need the music behind you, people. Frustration and hesitation, deeply frustrated. So frustrated, President growing increasingly frustrated. The president vents his frustration at times. By the way, what, what is the relevance? I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on these people. I, I appreciate this mashup. It's from MRC TV, uh, but I, I appreciate it. But uh, why? what are you doing playing like 20s Art Deco music, flapper music behind this? For Is there some kind of relevance to that or what is that? I don't know. People close to the president describe his mood as calm. 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 <laughs> now, lashing out. Lashed out. Lashing out. President Trump began the day with a tirade. An astonishingly harsh attack. Tirade, astonishing, extraordinary. The president tonight, absolutely petrified. The <laughs> That's a uh, ferret face there. I don't know, absolutely petrified. Unglued volcanic. Erupting in the uh, unglued volcanic and erupting of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> the target of Trump's plan. <laughs> the president was worried, unprepared, and in chaos. What would happen if you referred? What would happen if you called Barack Obama angry? Oh, you're just saying that you're you, always oh, uh, the angry black man, are you? Like he was so insulated from any kind of criticism, whatever. And, and, and if you didn't use the term seething to describe Barack Obama, it would be if Barack Obama was seething at somebody who's a Republican. That's usually the way it all works. President went ballistic. Ballistic. <laughs> That's the kind of language that people use when they're trying to uh, egg you on, when they're trying to uh, get you to do something or say something that's not uh, really uh, they, they're trying to bait you when they when they call you uh, oh yeah uh, unstable crazy Scott points out you know uh, I don't know you are you serious were they really using that music yes Lisa they were I didn't put that music back there behind there I didn't do that you know what I'm also really fascinated by did you see this story um and, I, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not a person who is uh, a arch defender of Woody Allen. I, I happen to like his movies, uh, and I, I think he's a talented director. But all that stuff about him and, and, the, uh, and the, just the, the, what, I, what he was uh, going through uh, is just a little too weird for me. But... Um, but generally, uh, I think he's very talented. But anyway, uh, the, this uh, Soon Yi, who is Mia Farrow's daughter, uh, the adopted daughter, has come out in this bit uh, in a magazine called Vulture. And uh, she's saying, hey, people, I know you guys think that uh, – I, I know you guys think that I'm a victim, uh, and and and, uh, and and now also an accomplice into uh, Woody Allen's uh, molestation of her. Uh, 
she's come out uh, and uh, said, and she's still, by the way, with him, though. She's come out to defend him. Uh, and she says that actually, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying what she says. Uh, and, and, and they usually came across that Sun Yi was always kind of brainwashed or whatever else. I still think th- there's no question this whole thing was weird, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not advocating this, whatever was going on between Woody Allen and that, and that, and his adopted girl, but you know, anyway, I, I, uh, but anyway, she's in there, but the, some of the interesting things she's pointing out is that, uh, she says that that the all the adopted kids that were uh, that were in the family were all treated like second class citizens. They were all kind of treated like uh, you know uh, the the hired help, as she put it. And she and and so it was not uh, it would not have been uncommon for her when when she had a sympathetic person in her life like Woody Allen for her to gravitate gravitate towards him. I don't know, I, but she's, she's anyway, she's making excuses for him. But, but one of the interesting things that came out of it is that she says that uh, Ronan Farrow really isn't Woody Allen's son. And I'm like thinking, no kidding. I mean, all, all you got to do is look at Ronan Farrow and you know... You know that he's Frank Sinatra's kid, right? I mean, I mean, have you seen Ronan Farrow before? He looks, he looks exactly like Frank Sinatra as a young man. I just, I don't know whether you have noticed that or not. So that 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 came out looking like a uh, uh, like like the the non surprise of the day. Like the news media, when they were reporting on this, going, you know, there's a possibility Ronan Farrow really isn't Woody Allen's son. It's like, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even look, he doesn't even look like Mia Farrow, for crying out loud. And she had him. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's a, he's a dead ringer for Frank Sinatra. Let me get to a couple other things I haven't been able to get to because I've been blabbering on about all this stuff with the... Uh, Okay, thank you, Frank. Uh, with all the stuff, uh, all the all the Kavanaugh stuff and and the uh, and the declassification stuff, so I got to that. I didn't even get to the. Uh, I, get, I got to a little bit of the Emmy stuff, but it's so boring to me. I I really don't know who any of these people are. So, like for instance, when I like I like I would play a soundbite from this uh, actress Thandi Newton. Uh, and, and yeah, it's weird to hear her. I don't even believe in God, but I'm going to thank her tonight. I mean, I don't even believe in God, but I'm going to thank her tonight. It's, first of all, I don't, I don't know who she is, so I can't be, it's hard for me to be upset and, and go ballistic and become volcanic and unleash a tirade on somebody when I don't know who they are. Then, then you have this other one. Who are these? Like these guys. They don't even know who these guys are. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost. I guess they, they're, they're from Saturday Night Live or something, I guess. They're cracking like Filipino better, jokes. As we all know TV has always had a diversity problem. 
you know? I mean, can you believe they did 15 seasons of ER without one Filipino nurse? That's crazy. That's just crazy. Have you been to a hospital? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how these people who are apparently the enlightened Hollywood people and the and the liberal people and the folks who are uh, so uh, woke, you know, would go on a Emmy Award show, talk about diversity, and then summarily stereotype Filipino nurses. It's like, um, how is that possible? I mean, I, that's because. Uh, I think uh, I think Asians are open open game for some of these folks. I guess I guess that's the difference. Then we had uh, another one. This is Jennifer Lewis, and again, I don't know who she is, so I really have a hard time paying attention to these uh, people. Like she's wearing a Nike outfit. Look at you, sporty spice. Thank you, okay, baby. Why are you wearing Nike? I am wearing Nike to applaud them. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. For supporting Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, okay, great. So she's wearing her Nike thing, and, and I don't even know who she is. Anyway, so I, I'm sure you're hearing about this, but, but, but that's the problem. And, and I'm probably, to a certain degree, uh, maybe naive or something or to, to a lot of you, because I just don't watch a whole lot of TV, and so I don't know who these people are. So I can't really get upset about it, but I can, I can be amused by it. The one other thing I wanted to get to you uh, on this, and, and this is when uh, Dr. Naputi had sent me this, naputiwellness.com, by the way. Uh, saying Thank you, Eric Naputi, for your support of the show, buddy. Appreciate you very much. So NaputiWellness.com. Go to him for all of your wellness needs. I'm talking about a guy who gets to the core of the problem through your spinal cord. That's where it all is resting. Migraine headaches, stomach issues, even sinus issues can all be traced to your spinal cord. ADD, ADHD, PTSD, other things. He has all the ways for you to resolve that, and he's not shoving pills down your throat. It's all. It's a holistic way, and you know what happens is we're not band-aiding it with pills. It helps you because you're actually solving the problem, and that's good. And it's cheaper. I got to tell you that too. So anyway, at one point, uh, it was about. It was regarding. Uh, I, I was. I had a problem because the life insurance people. I have. I have high cholesterol, which is a hereditary thing. So I had. I have a high cholesterol. I have high good cholesterol. Uh, not high bad cholesterol. It runs in my family, and generally we all have uh, generally uh, have high uh, cholesterol, but it's the it's the good kind. So anyway, uh, I was worried about that. Uh, although the insurance people held it against me, the life insurance people held it against me, uh, and so I had to pay a little more because my cholesterol was high, and I actually tried to dispute it, but it didn't work. So I talked to Dr. DePuni. I said, dude, I, I, what can I do in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, dealing with this cholesterol thing? And he sends me this art- article uh, by text about what a, what, what a BS deal this whole cholesterol racket is. And it talked about the billions of dollars that these cholesterol, low cholesterol, uh, cholesterol-reducing pill guys make. And how they how they how they do, uh, just it's unbelievable. I can't remember the number. I can't I, the article. I don't have at my fingertips here, 
but billions of dollars it's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry the cholesterol reduction industry and he said actually it's just a load of crap and and, and that really isn't uh, a lot of scientific studies that show that uh, that cholesterol uh, your intake of cholesterol for instance has no impact at all uh, uh, on on your uh, heart and and on your cholesterol levels even like like I always thought well if you eat a lot of eggs and you eat a lot of shrimp or whatever your cholesterol level goes up and blah 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 and he said there's really not much evidence that indicates that that's true. I'm like, oh, okay, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not telling. I'm not. I'm not giving you medical advice, by the way, just so you know. But but that cholesterol levels sometimes are more related just to hereditary nature. Uh, uh, You're hereditary than anything else, and so, of course, I have higher cholesterol. So does my mom. So do my sisters. So do my brothers. And it's good cholesterol level high. And also because I exercise regularly, and that, that increases your good cholesterol as well, or at least levels it out or whatever. I don't know. So anyway, now there are 17 physicians from across the world who have appeared to have dispelled the theory now that there are links between having high cholesterol levels, like bad cholesterol levels, and fatty deposits that clog arteries. These doctors have found there is no evidence of a link between high levels of bad cholesterol and heart disease. Uh, And with this claim, there are a bunch of cardiologists that say statins, which are the ones that are making these people all kinds of money, don't have any benefit. Isn't that amazing? This is uh, published in the Expert Review of Clinical Pharmacology. And I'm, again, I'm not giving you, uh, I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm reading to you a story that I'm seeing from the expert review of clinical pharmacology. Uh, statins will not treat heart disease, and bad cholesterol levels, high ones, don't necessarily lead to heart disease. These are 17 physicians from across the world. And, of course, this is all – these people have all been clashing over this thing. They do agree that statins have been a lifesaver for people who already had a heart attack. So the study based on about 1.3 million patients' data – that's a lot of patients, by the way. The study based on about 1.3 million patients' data indicates it it, it could be of no use as a preventative measure – but statins are of use for people who already have had uh, the uh, the uh, already had a heart attack. So statins help you if you've already had a heart attack, and they say there really is no indication that they help you prevent one. Uh, so the scientists are from the UK, the US, Ireland, Italy, Sweden, France, and Japan said that uh, we suggest clinicians should abandon the use of statins and PCSK-9 inhibitors. Uh, there's another guy who was not involved in the study, 
but he is a cardiologist, and he says, having reviewed the totality of the evidence, in my view, the only people that should be offered statins are those with already established heart disease risk. So if you've already been basically diagnosed as having indications of heart disease, they're saying statins will help you. But if, if you're worried just because your cholesterol levels are high and you're taking statins, they say they have no, no indications that that helps you at all. Siri, no, I don't. Stop bothering me. Siri comes on when I say something sometimes and just wants to uh, help me out. If I need you, I'll ask you. Leave me alone. Up to 6 million adults in, okay, for everyone else, tens of millions taking the drug worldwide who don't fall into these categories of having established heart disease, they should know statins won't help them live one day longer. Hmm. Up to 6 million adults in the U.K. take statins with the aim of lowering their cholesterol. This is in The Sun, so that's why they're, they're focusing on the U.K. here because it's, it's a British newspaper. Doctors clash over the use of drugs with some claiming they should be prescribed more widely to prevent thousands of deaths where others say they are overused. So you're just going to have to uh, basically uh, watch, kind of like take this in with, with your on your own. Here, this is what they're going to talk about in terms of the risk of high cholesterol. Here, listen to these guys talk. These are cholesterol. Cholesterol is a fatty substance in your blood. You need it to keep your cells healthy. Cholesterol is carried around your body by proteins in your blood. That's why you actually, uh, you know, people are like, I can't eat, I don't eat eggs because of my cholesterol. Cholesterol actually can help you. It's good for you. When cholesterol and proteins combine... They form lipoproteins. Aww. There are two main types of lipoprotein. One is good for your health, the other is bad. Non-high-density lipoproteins, otherwise known as non-HDL, take cholesterol from the liver to the cells that need it. Too much non-HDL creates a buildup of fatty deposits which narrow your arteries. And that's, that's, the, that's the prevailing opinion that these cholesterol buildups uh, narrow your arteries. But they say that even bad cholesterol levels in this, in this review, they say that they do not necessarily lead to heart disease. So, I, I, you know, uh, a lot of you, there are a lot of people taking this medicine, I'll tell you, and statins are a multi-billion dollar industry in this country. And people are making a lot of money off of it. And, uh, you know, I'm just giving you that info. Since I followed up, since I talked about it a while back and, and we had a discussion about it. And I actually went and started taking, like, these natural statin release. But I don't know. Ocasio-Cortez is out there talking about uh, what her agenda is and what her what – her, uh, how she, she still can't explain how she's going to pay for her own proposals. So back in July, she was asked how she would pay for her agenda, and she had no real answer for it. 
and 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 she's asked the same question time after time after time, and each time that she talks about it, she sounds even less convincing. Uh, so you know, the, uh, Jake Tapper even talked to her and said, you know, this is going to cost like forty trillion dollars over ten years. Uh, how, I, how are you going to be able to do this? I mean, you, you, you said you're going to increase the corporate tax rate and you're going to make $2 trillion over the next 10 years. Where's the $38 trillion is going to come from? Uh, and and um, she says, no, we, we, we were going to, we're going to do the Medicare for all and we're going to do all this stuff. And she, she can't give an answer oftentimes. And so uh, – they, she decided then at that point she was going to pivot to uh, the whole uh, uh, the, the the whole Puerto Rico thing and everything else. But I haven't really – I'd love to talk no to her at some point. Your platform has called for various new programs including Medicare for all, housing as a federal right, a federal jobs guarantee, tuition-free public college, canceling all student loan debt. Um, According to nonpartisan and left-leaning studies friendly to your cause, including the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities or the Tax Policy Center, the overall price tag is more than $40 trillion in the next decade. You recently said in an interview that increasing taxes on the very wealthy plus an increased corporate tax rate would make $2 trillion over the next 10 years. So where is the other $38 trillion (laughs) going to come from? Well, one of the things that we need to realize when we look at something like Medicare for All, Medicare for All would save the American people a very large amount of money. And what we see as well is that these systems are not just uh, pie in the sky. They are, many of them are accomplished by every modern civilized democracy in the Western world. The United United Kingdom has a form of single-payer health care. Canada, France, Germany. What we need to realize is that these investments are better and they are good for our future. These are generational investments so that not just, they're not short-term band-aids, but they are really profound decisions about who we want to be as a nation and as and how we want to act as the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. Is he going to let her get away with this? Right. No, I, I get that. But uh, you, the price tag for everything that you've laid out in your campaign is $40 trillion over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that Medicare for All uh, would cost more to some wealthier people uh, and to the government and to taxpayers while also reducing individual health care expenditures. But I'm talking about the overall package. You say it's not pie in the sky, but $40 trillion is quite a bit of money. Uh, and the, the taxes that you talked about raising to pay for this, to pay for your agenda, only count for two. And I'm, I'm, we're going by left-leaning uh, analysts. Right. Well, when you look again at, again, how our health care works, currently we pay m- much of these costs go into the private sector. So what we see is, for example, you know, a year ago I was working downtown in a restaurant. I, I went- You really want to – can I just cut to the chase here? She's not going to answer his question. I could. This is six minutes and fifty-two seconds in. It's eleven minutes, and I could go. I could take you until nine fifteen, and she's not going to answer the question because she doesn't. She doesn't have an answer. But apparently, is convincing people enough that 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 she uh, she she does have the answer. But 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 she doesn't. I, and I don't know. By the way, I don't know what's gotten into CNN. But between Allison Camerata asking. Dr. Ford's lawyer appointed question about where everybody else is who was there in the room in terms of corroborating uh, her story. And Jake Tapper 
putting the screws to Ocasio-Cortez, uh, they must now have finally realized, yeah, I know, that 42% loss of our audience over the past year uh, might be because people can't stand us anymore. Maybe we ought to actually try to be a little different in terms of our questioning and in terms of being real journalists. And it appears some of them might just be catching on, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, Noel, uh, thank you for bringing this up because this was something that I uh, – it was, it was the opening statement uh, of Judge Napolitano – and 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 because it was the opening statement, I didn't really kind of double back on it because he had so much to say uh, before that, uh, and and after that, and I had other questions for him. But he said that uh, which was a, was a curious comment of his. He said that the accuser has uh, Dr. Ford has nothing to gain from coming out with her story if it's false, and I actually think she has everything to gain from it. And I was going to point out to him. Uh, that that if it's if there's no way to prove that it's true, she has everything to gain from it, because because all she has to do is say this happened, and say this happened to her, and she's automatically a star. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how this is so traumatic for her family. Whatever. I mean, it's been thirty six years, and. Uh, she doesn't have a whole lot of details about this and nobody corroborating her story. So the, the bottom line is um, she, when there's nothing to gain, she, there's, nothing's going to hurt her. She's not going to be hurt by this, and she might not gain something by it, but it's not going to certainly uh, hurt her by any stretch and by, as far as I'm concerned. She's, now it turns out there's a question as to whether or not she's actually going to be testifying. That would be horrible. If she doesn't testify, this game is over. And the winner is uh, Judge Kavanaugh. So we'll see. Something really happened to her. I hope she gets her just due. That's for sure. But so far, things don't seem to seem to be gelling. All right, folks. Thanks a lot. RadioFreeAlmond.com is where you can get all your awesome gear. Radio Free Almond gear, hats, everything else. Appreciate you being here. 567 Gold, by the way, in case you missed the interview with Mr. Hawkins, the president of Golden Oak Lending. That's your number. That's your key. That's your place. Great company, great people, and a great ability for them to go ahead and grab that home value of yours and turn it into cash for you. It also help you out when you're buying a home. So 567 Gold is the number for Golden Oak Lending and GoldenOakLending.com is the website. So thanks a ton, everybody. Have a good day.